gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Good, my friend. Good, my friends. Good morning, my friends. Welcome to social Q&A live. Episode Yonjuichiban. Episode 41. Getting up there on the key to conquering validation from women. This is going to be an exchange between a client of mine and my personal WhatsApp. And yeah, okay, YouTube's getting all these notifications in. And uh, I've also got a really cheeky question from, I'm going to call him Albus. I'm going to call him Albus. That's not his real name, but he should know why I'm calling him Albus. On a, I guess it's kind of on a similar situation, but he's got this... He, he met these two girls. One of them got pissed off because he decided to close her friend instead of her. And he told her this directly. Why so? And that pissed her off. Later on, the girl he was actually interested in didn't want a piece of it. Oh, I said because of loyalty. Couldn't go out of him. So we're going to address that. Look at some tactics. So even though the beginning of this is going to be quite, quite a deep dive, it's going to be... It's going to get pretty inspirational. I'll say this off the get. And then we're going to hit some hardcore dating tactics after that. So I hope you guys are doing great. It's a sunny Monday morning. And I'm actually really starting to feel these Monday mornings. Monday morning podcast. Where's the bloody notepad? There we go. I'm so, I like coming in on Monday. I think it starts off our week well. So if you're new to social Q&A live, the way that this goes is that we've got some preloaded questions that just gets our beaks wet, and then you can drop any questions you guys have in the chat box. Uh, I see there's already one question there. Uh, but anything, dating, social dynamics, relationships, word of human interaction, go ahead and drop it in the chat there. If you'd like to use the super chat option, you can. And what that does is that it gets your question bumped to the top when we get to open Q&A. 
and have just helped support the channel. And by the way, speaking of, with the new audio, what I went and reviewed last week's session, the audio is so much better. There's like far less echo with now it's coming in with the H6. And I just want to say that with a brand new mic and a brand new preamp, that's all supported by you guys. Like I wouldn't be able to, that, this equipment is not cheap. It is very expensive equipment. And so for all of you that do donate, all of that just goes straight into improving this shit. So that's the, you can see the physical manifestation of your donations in this new audio setup, which is so much crisper, far less echo, way deeper, richer. Oh, it's just good. So good. So yeah, go ahead and say hi in the chat. Let me know what, what country you're watching this from. And uh, any questions that you have, we'll get to open Q&A. And I see, so we got this we got this first question from a succubus saying, I just want to read this out. I'm not going to address it right now, but he goes, thoughts on first person approacher on YouTube who got on subreddit cringe for Day Game and James Tusk. I, I, I loosely know who James Tusk is. I don't know if that's got anything to do with the first part of his question, but I don't watch Reddit, so... I don't know. I don't follow Reddit. I don't know what that is. I don't know what Reddit, subreddit cringe is, but uh, whatever. So I asked him for a little bit of. Well, I didn't ask him for it, but I just said I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, Ski's up at it. Good morning, Ski. Ski comes in saying, "How's it going, mate?" Yep. Goes well, my friends. Very well. And uh, greetings, mate. Yep. Greetings, mate. Yep. Hope you're doing good, my man. Uh, Connor Bowser's up in here saying, "I'm back. I'm back with the triple exclamation mark." It reminds me of a Seinfeld episode, exclamation box. Jody Nguyen's up in here saying, Kyoshitsu Jikan uh, I don't know what Kyoshitsu means. I know that Kyo means today. I don't know what Shitsu means in addition to that. I know Jikan means time, and Hajimasho means let's begin. Uh, Johnny, please school me on what Kyoshitsu Jikan means. It's time? Is that what you're saying? Today's time? It's now time? I think that's what you're trying to say there, if I had to like loosely translate that. Uh, Victor comes in saying, Brazil, still Sunday here, bruh. Ah, welcome. Welcome. No, I'm not sure how many Brazilians we have here. Uh, Luis is up in here saying, yo, what is up, Adam? Good to have you here, Luis. We're going in. We're going in deep today. It's going to be great. And if you guys have not already, please drop a thumbs up on this YouTube video. Helps out the channel, helps out the video. It lets YouTube know that you guys enjoy this content with the algorithms and all that. Uh, much appreciated. Green Grover Gugu, the old Googs, is up in here saying, Howdy, beautiful people. That's what I like to see. I like to see that love. And Nice Smack is up in here saying, What are your thoughts on statistics that Asian men have lower rating success on online dating? <laughs> what a question. Okay, we're not going to address that now because we're just getting. Uh, we're just getting our big sweat, and I'm just realizing this heater is bloody hot. So give me a second, guys, and we'll be back to begin this content on conquering validation. I'll be literally back in one second. Okay, pick that three. Three. That's three seconds back in. All right, let's do it. So I got a WhatsApp exchange here with one of my clients, and he asked me a very in-depth question, and as is the nature of the people that I work with, they think deeply. Otherwise, you wouldn't be coming to me. If you just wanted to uh, get your... <laughs> I always say that. Okay, I'll say it. If you just want to get your dick wet, you'll probably go to a different coach. <laughs> but if you're coming to me, you come to me for a certain reason. So he sent me uh, He sent me this message, I think it was Friday, last Friday. And he said, he says this. 
Yo, what's up, Adam? Hope you're doing well. I wanted to share my experience after reading today's bowl sip. Just pause here. If you guys don't know what the bowl sip is, it's my free weekly email newsletter. I release a social dynamics article every week and a whole bunch of other cool shit. Sign up for free at bulldozer.com. There you go. He continues to say, since I did the water fast, pause again, I've been doing these three-day water fasts. I've done two now. He actually went and did one, uh, which I've got mad respect for. He never done it before as well, so awesome. Resume. He says, since I did the water fast, I realized that I still have a lingering need for validation from women. After watching one of the Eternal Energy podcasts where one of your guests said something along the lines of, in quotes, whatever you are looking for outside of yourself, give yourself that, end quotes. I started to reflect on how I can validate myself in this regard. I realized that subconsciously, my image of a man was tied to his ability to hold romantic relationships with women. Funny enough, my subconscious image of what a man should be was directly attached to a quality I've yet to master, in brackets, thus rendering me unable to truly feel like a man, in brackets. In meditation today, I realized, and correct me if I'm wrong, lol, that the only true way to conquer my attachment to external validation is through experience. Either that, or I need to do better at accepting my inexperience, haha. Anyway, thank you for all that you do. Your work continues to make me a better person. Oh, it's just such a well-written-out question. Such a, such a well-written-out uh, exploration of his thought process. And if you just pick up three things right there, he's water-fasting and he's meditating, no surprise. No surprise that his mind is operating on a higher level than most. And so I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that just the way that it came out. So let's just... All right, thank you, rubbish truck. Uh, let... <laughs> what the fuck? How loud is this? Sounds like people are dropping bombs out there. Hopefully you guys can't hear that. Hopefully that's okay. It's, that's ultra distracting. Anyways, let's, let's stay grounded here. I want to just re-summarize here. Basically what he's attempting to say is that his idea of a man is that it's someone and a man is someone who can hold romantic relationships with an attractive woman. Okay? Pin that. In his meditation, he realized that the only true way to conquer his attachment to external validation is through experience. Now, let's let's dive in hard here. I sent him a voice message. I'm not going to replay that now because I can just resound it for you guys because it's my bread and butter. It's my truth. Which is yes and no. This is what I said to him. Yes and no, it's both. It's an issue. If you attempt to go outside of yourself and to seek more of that liquid to fill your cup and hoping one day that the liquid outside yourself, aka that external validation from those attractive women, by getting more of this, and if I just get more of it, if I just if I just get exposed to more and more attractive women and get more and more validation from these women, then someday through experience, I will rid myself of my attachment to that. On paper, I can see why that might make sense. In reality, it's not how it works out. For the guys that I've seen that have gone down that path, that where it's like more is more in a sense, or if more, I'm trying to give you guys different analogies because it can be somewhat, but the glass and the the liquid is where I always go to, is that you don't necessarily become less attached to red wine by drinking more of it. And this is what I was saying to him is that by trying to get more of the liquid that you are in fact attached to and hoping that that one day 
you that will just by organic nature rid you of the attachment to it. It's just not how it works out. If anything, it kind of works out the other way around in which that you become so dependent on it because that's all you know now. If this guy was to go ahead and to say, well, he's done the great work in acknowledging that, yes, I do have an attachment to external validation from women. And this is something that both on a conscious and subconscious level is really causing rifts in my internal development. So I'm just going to go ahead and get more, get more of this, get more liquid, try and fill my cup more and more and more. What happens is that you become so dependent on just the very act of that, the very act of going out and doing that, but also the thought process behind that. So it's both, it's a, it's a snake eating its own tail. It's a self-fulfilling loop because that mentality, it's, it'll never be done. You will never be done if you think that way. So what I said to him is that I said yes and no, because part of what he said was that through experience, that was the part that I agreed upon, that yes, through experience. However, it's a two-part thing, because if you just keep going out like that, you will eat yourself alive, and it will just be this self-degrading process in which that you never come out from. However, if we can just go back, we tack back for a second, go back to his initial mindset, and if we go inside first and conceptualize that, actually, no liquid outside myself, no external validation outside of myself will ever be enough to validate myself internally. That cup will never be filled. The only way to fill my cup is to fill my cup. For those of you on the podcast right now and those watching live, just absorb that. The only way to fill my cup is to fill my cup. Not ask someone else to. Not make that woman outside myself as the key sole determiner of whether I succeeded in this interaction. Let's bring it down tactically right now. What does mind this look like? Well, we talked about it a lot in last week's pod- uh, podcast in terms of the, <laughs> and so over now, the mentality of every interaction is just an interaction unto itself and that there is no guaranteed extension of this. In fact, there never, there never will be. Any time I get to see this woman again, once a date's over, interaction's over, that's a, that's a blessing in and of itself because it's a new experience. And we need to treat each experience in our lives in this way, that we just honor the experience for the sake of the experience itself. So if you can take that in, and that's what we talked about last week, there's, there's that marrying of the concept in our minds that, well, if we can let go of each experience and we let go of the experience itself, the experience itself being... And actually, who we're involving in that experience, more to this guy's question. That the woman we had the experience with, she doesn't determine whether you're a man or not. You know, he talked a lot, he threw a lot of that in. You know, that his idea of a man, both consciously and subconsciously, is someone who can hold a romantic relationship. While there's a, I do agree to the extent that he does have the skill to be able to do that. It's who's determining whether that's been a success for him or not. Is he relying on the woman to tell him that that has been a success for him? Is he asking the woman to be, to be that judge? Because if you, if you play this out a little bit longer, longer ball, and he's a younger guy as well, so I want to take him a little bit further on. Let's take him, he's very early 20s. Let me, let me take him 30 plus. Let's say give him another 10 years of life experience He's been with, or on this journey, since he's on this journey, he's probably been in the next 10 years, he might 
have a minimum 10 more sexual partners. Uh, that At a minimum, he might have a lot more if he continues down as the path he's going down. And let's say he gets to 30. Well, let's say that he's had 10 more sexual partners. Uh, some, And let's just say that they were of reasonable length and duration of, let's say, a minimum three months, casual relationships. Maybe he's had a couple one years in there, mixed around the, last ten, the next 10 years. And then that's not including all the, the bivy of sexual experiences that come, whether they're one night stands or getting with one of his girl's friends and there was like threesome involved, et cetera, et cetera. Park all those things. But let's say 10 hardcore, really meaningful relationships with 10 different women over the next 10 years. If we just, just take that, and that's at minimum. He gets a 30 and he sits back and says to himself, well, am I a man now? Am I a man now because I've been able to hold some romantic relationships. You see that there's, there's an issue here, isn't there? When will it ever be enough? That's the issue. That's, that's the issue with more, 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 and more, more experience is that you can, that you, you almost want to, you, some guys approach that mentality with that, well, it's better to have an overflowing cup than to have an empty cup. And that's the mentality that he's, if he continues to walk with, that's the visualization that, well, it's better for me to, to f- just fill my cup to the extent in which that it is just overflowing. And then someday I'll learn to turn it off. Or someday I'll learn that the overflowing and the overfilling of my cup, aka the external validation and just getting so much of it to the point, then I'll learn that actually, yeah, there's a... There's a there's an end of the road. There's a, or there's a there's a point where it no longer works out. It no longer serves. But the mentality for a lot of guys is that when they come from scarcity, when they come from a place of lack of sexual experiences, lack of really intimate moments. This is something that we don't talk about a lot. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of shit pop up in the chat. We'll address you guys in a second, but we're we're going on a run here. For guys that come from extreme poverty of sexual experience. It's very hard to imagine that this could ever be an issue. That it would be an issue that by having too much external validation from women, that that would mess with your idea of what it means to be a man and that that would actually degrade your sense of self-worth, self-value, what you're actually doing here in this life. It's so far away. The worlds are so separated that it seems like that would just be a good path to go down. But if and this is one of my clients we're talking about, but if you were someone coming from absolute sexual poverty, what I would say is that I would steer you right from the beginning and say we're at the fucking Tory gates. Let's say you're at the beginning of your journey, you're day one, you've never been out in the day, you've never been out at night, and COVID situation's over in your city and it's permitting now and you're watching this and you're like, fuck it, I'm going out, let's get this shit started. Adam, what's the right mentality? Should it be, should I be going out with this? Just get more and just learn through, almost like through trial, trial by fire in a sense of just getting beat by the baton of external validation and then just somehow learn to not attach to that. Should I take that mentality or is there another way? Is there a way in which that maybe we turn it inside and we go, stop giving the cup to other people. Don't even begin. Don't even begin determining your criteria for success based on the person outside of yourself. 
I say this again and again to clients who are at the day one of bootcamp, that just to even say that brings a smile, brings a smile to my face, but also a little bit of a tear because, because it's been so long since I've been able to do bootcamp. And even though we're not doing boot camps anymore, well, it's not day game. Uh, you know, to be seen, to be seen with uh, going out at night. But you know, it's just, just. Hold on, I got off on a bit of a nostalgia tangent there because of the way the world is at the moment. Anyways, getting back on, I say this to beginning uh, clients, which is that when we sit down at our initial, once they go through trial by fire, just meeting five people off the bat, then we go down to the cafe. And we sit down and we just have a little, just get our mindset, get our intense for the weekend of the shit that's about to go down. And I always say to them, what's your understanding of your 50? What is your understanding? When I say to you, you're 50, what does that mean to you? And for those that, and because I genuinely need to know as a coach beginning on this weekend, I can't just run around, keep throwing that out there, say you're 50, you're 50, if they don't know what it means. Uh, I don't assume that you know what that means, but I just want to hear what their thoughts are on it. And for most clients that are coming on bootcamp, they're, they're pretty deep in my content for the most part. So they know and they go, well, it's, it's everything I can control. It's not about what the girl can control, what the girl's doing and what the girls say. And I'm like, yes, because you're about to be subjected to probably the hardest social exercise known to man. I don't know of a harder social exercise than my particular bootcamp. You know, other coaches, when I've heard about, because other clients have come to me from other coaches and they'll describe the experiences they've been through. And it's like, they get taken to cakewalks, you know, meet 10, 15 people in a day. They call it a day. It's like my clients meet a minimum of 50 people per day. And we go through the fucking ring and I push them to the point of absolute barbecue breakdowns, just crying and psychological trauma. It's worth it. We're going to see who you are. Anyways, I say it with such a smile because it just brings such a smile to my face. But anyways, so, but you're 50, who's controlling? And when you get to the, the core understanding of that, well, it's always my 50. It's always my cup in our analogy in today's podcast. It's always based on what I can do and what I can control. So when it comes down to the conquering of validation from women, I would like my client here to understand that no amount of sexual experience with women will ever be able to tell you that you're a man or not. No amount of dates, no amount of sexual partners, no amount of you getting into crazy threesomes, or having 10-year relationships because maybe he's not even on the wild side. Maybe he wants to get into a little bit more closed and locked monogamy. And it's like, well, just meeting that number one diamond in the sky. When I finally meet that diamond in the sky, then I'll be a man. Then I'll be a man. That's the mentality he's thinking of. But what I'm saying is that that diamond in the sky will never be able to cement a clear understanding for you of what it means to be a man. So now you guys might be thinking, well, then what is the clear understanding of being a man? That's a much deeper philosophical line that I'm not sure I want to go into right now because it's not necessarily the point of this uh, podcast. That would probably be a podcast involved itself. But that's work that if you have questions around that I would go to my YouTube channel and I would type in, well, you don't even have to type it in. It's the channel trailer. The channel trailer of my YouTube channel is What Is A Man? Literally, What Is A Man? It's a short film I made uh, last year. Took three months to make that. Uh, so that's, that would be worth something checking out. And not because I'm going to give you all the answers in that, but I'm going to ask you to ask the question yourself. And there the answers will come. So wrapping this back up, 
I said to him that it's both. You both need a mindset and action change. That you both need the mindset of that. Oh, hang on a second. Yes, I need more experience, but I'm never going to allow that experience to determine who I am. In terms of, I'm not going to allow getting more validation from women or going out and seeing more women. That determines who I am. No. Through the experience, though, I will be able to show myself that very fact. That That's why it's both. And I said to him, yes and no, but it's both. You both need to go out and get the experience, swing the blade to show yourself that actually the validation that these women were giving me was never what I was after in the beginning. It's never what really was ever going to make me happy that was ever going to determine my status as a man. In fact, if anything, it shows me the opposite. It shows me that bringing a girl home from the club that night or going out on a day two or getting into a relationship from a girl that you just met on the street. While that's all amazing, while that all serves as incredible feedback for improving our tactical social skill set, while that's all incredible shit, at the core fundamental level, when we step up into the inner garden of our minds, there's something much deeper going on that never required their validation. And that actually just the sake of me going out and entertaining a process, a, a fire of immensity, something that was going to challenge my ego and that was going to challenge every single fiber of who I thought I was. That's really what we were going after. That's really where it all started. And that's really all it ever should have been. And just to finally sum this, I will wrap on this point before I address you guys in the chat and dive onto this uh, this uh, this other dating question around uh, Fred getting pissed off. For the guys that start with the right mind, the actions will eventually come. And the right actions. I say, I remember some of the first videos ever made on this channel saying this, which is that right mind, right actions. If you have the right mindset, the actions always come out right. But if you start in the reverse and you got wrong mind and you think somehow the right actions, you know, you can you can you can fool yourself for a little bit by having the wrong mindset and think you're doing the right actions. So let's say, for example, going out because yeah, I want to get as much validation from women as possible. But and so that's a really, really messed up mindset. But he's simultaneously going out really frequently doing all the tactical things I recommend of breaking down his interactions, journaling, getting feedback, et cetera, et cetera, working with a coach, uh, being self-aware about it, you know, marrying accurate feedback with intense immersive action. So that's the right actions, but it's coming from the wrong place. And that's really, I guess, the fundamental core of what I was trying to convey to my client in my voice message of saying that don't allow the liquid outside of yourself uh, to ever fill your cup. No, you have to internalize that. You have to generate that from internally. And so right mind, right actions. That's a good way to sum it. Get your mind right first. Get your mind right first. So my friends, this uh, is it too dark in here? I'm just noticing that we're, it's uh, the sun. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. So let's go. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> let's go. We're almost ready for open Q&A, but I've actually kind of not because we've got a second question that uh, is quite a bit, it's a good bit of fun. We're going to have a good bit of fun with this next question and we're going to have a bit of class action. So you guys know that uh, at some point during these Q&As, I like to throw you guys multiple choice. I like to get you guys feedback. So if you're fucking twiddling your thumbs right now, you better dial in because I'm going to start asking you guys questions. So, but before I do, let me just uh, address some of you in the chat. I've got a good bit of chat going on in here. Uh, okay, so 
I'm going to go up in there. Who's the first? So, Connor Bauer said, yes. Sal coming in saying, howdy, sensei. Uh, Mr. Gugu saying, let's go deep tonight. Yes, sir. <laughs> Johnny Duane comes in saying, in reality, if you are holding out for the woman to make you feel like a man, you miss out on the opportunities to validate yourself and to be proud of how far you've gotten, arriving instead of eternally striving. Well said. Well said, Johnny. Absolutely. It's definitely an arriving mentality versus striving. And I've actually, uh, I think we've made a whole podcast on that as well. But very well said. Definitely. You, you rob yourself. What Johnny's saying there is that you rob yourself. If you try and give the power to the people outside yourself, you rob yourself of the extreme, the extreme satisfaction of validating yourself, which is the only true validation anyway. Johnny then coming in saying, as the great Sage Lao Tzu would put it, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Johnny. Succubus uh, came in saying, thoughts on statistics of white men having better success with women and Asians having less, lots of red pill community. Okay, we'll get to that into the open Q&A. Uh, Gugu comes in saying, red pill, blue pill. We take both in the bowl. Connor <laughs> uh, Bounce comes in saying, what if being a man was winning a fight? Hmm, interesting question. We'll get to that in the open q and I've got some thoughts around that. Uh, Gugu comes in saying, well, sometimes you won't be a man then. Uh, Johnny comes in saying, I mean, stats are average. Okay, you guys are just talking about. I'll get to that stuff later. I'll, I'll come to that later. Connor comes in, what if you get enough of it, you feel like you don't need it? What if you get enough of it, you feel like, I think you guys are talk, could be dangerous. Yeah, you guys are talking about the same things here. Uh, okay. Bill Gates coming in saying COVID with an angry face. Okay, so here we go. Second question. By the way, if you guys are just dropping up into this chat, go ahead and drop a thumbs up on this uh, video. Help support the channel. Let's do this. We've got the second question here from Albus. I'm calling him Albus, and he better know why. He better know why. It's got nothing to do with his real name, but it kind of does. It kind of does. So this is a really cheeky question he just he sent me uh, this morning at 3.06 a.m. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Maybe it's 3.06 a.m. my time, but he's somewhere else in the world. I think he is, actually. So I think, yeah, yeah, he's in, uh, he's in London. He's in London. So we've got a question from London up in here from Albus saying, Hi, mate. I've been listening to a number of your podcasts recently and have really been enjoying the teachings. So I thought I'd touch base. There's a million things I'd like to discuss with you, haha. But something happened at the weekend that, and I've just been, and I've just had some honest feedback about it. Here's the scene In suburban London, in a busy public field with lots of young professionals drinking and hanging out, I was with my mate and his girlfriend earlier in the eve. And then when we got back to their apartment, I realized I'd left an AirPod behind. So I won't so I went back to go and find it as the sun was disappearing. I was looking around myself staring at the floor. Sorry, I was looking around by myself staring at the floor. I caught the attention of two girls and basically fell into a conversation after I explained what on earth I was doing. It was going really well. Lots of shared laughter and a super fluid and fast flow. I decided I needed to leave to get back as my mate was cooking dinner after no more than a five minute exchange. Dot dot dot. One of the two I was attracted to as she was pretty hot versus the friend, albeit seemingly more bold and confident girl of the two, but larger and less pretty. In my semi-drunken nervousness, 
I playfully said something like, in brackets, to the girl I wasn't romantically interested in, in brackets, your chat has been a bit overwhelming and fierce. So, flipping it back to the girl, the prettier girl, I'm going to ask for your number. Which I got, but the convo was barely lifted off and I was just straight up asked, and I just straight up asked what was up. And found out I hurt her friend's feelings and so out of loyalty, we can't talk anymore. Annoying as I fucked up in my delivery, clearly she was interested and I sensed it, but was had poor game. Okay, not great English there. Uh, in conclusion, I therefore wondered how, I have, how I'd have best made my move in asking the prettier girl for her number whilst delicately not being rejecting of the other friend. How would you have worded things? Thanks a lot. Okay, I can see he's very confused, even in just the way he's written this out. So let's let's just share. I find this situation very humorous. I find this situation this uh, situation very interesting uh, because it's just uh, it's classic dating Q and A or d- dating one hundred and one mistakes. But we all have to go through it. Like I've made this mistake a hundred times, uh, Mister Albus. I've made this mistake, so I can one hundred percent relate. And it's actually such a small tactical shift that would turn the direction of what happened here uh, nine times out of ten for the better, for the positive. So it's, it's very simple. We'll get through this real quick. But I, I think I might throw in a story here. Okay. So so let me because this because it was not written out. It was written out very uh, very long jawed. Let me just wrap it up for your minds here. Basically. He's in a serendipitous situation. He's at a football field. He's at a field somewhere looking for his airpod. Two attractive girls. Well, one more attractive than the other. Okay, gets into a free-flowing conversation, feeling like it's good. But hey, i got to get back to my mates. Five minutes later, after the conversation, realizes I only want to uh, close this really attractive girl, naturally. And uh, But but the girl he's been vibing more with to the sounds of it, who's just been more bold, more confident, kind of been steering the conversation more. And this is actually quite interesting because we've definitely been in this scenario a few times where the more confident girl is the one you're least attracted to or the one who's been driving most of the conversation is the one you're least attracted to. It's interesting how that happens. I've seen that very uh, quite a few times, actually. Anyways, continuing the story, he decides, in his words... To say, as he's closing, your chat has been a bit overwhelming and fierce. Try to do that uh, proper London, <laughs> that posh London accent. A bit overwhelming and fierce. So I've got to ask for your number. So my friends, my friends, please in the chat box, please give me your best interpretation or your best understanding of why was this an issue? Why was this a red flag? Why is it a red flag that <clears throat> when I'm in an interaction with two women, it's me, it's one on two, and it's very clear, it's very clear which one I'm attracted to, but I directly say to the one that I'm not attracted to, and by the way, in brackets, he said in a playfully, it was very playful, it wasn't being a dick about it, he's being playful, he's like, so let me, let's try and give you an example here for live, it's like, you know, it's, to be honest, you, you know, you've... You've been a bit overwhelming. You've been a you've been a bit overwhelming and a bit fierce for me. So I'm I would like to get your number. I'd like to get your number. All right. Why is that an issue? What does that do 
to the... Because remember, he got the number, yes. But later on in texting, she said that I can't go out with you because I've got to be loyal to my friend because she felt hurt. She felt pissed off. So we know that there was an issue. What was the issue? That's what I want you guys to drop in the chat box right now. This is a class session. I want you guys to give me your feedback. I want to see how switched on some of you are. I want to see if any of you even have been learning. I want to see if you guys are just way off or if some of you are way on. That's part of what I love about the class Q&A is actually is not so much whether you... Because guys, this is a friendly space. Even though I will grill you if you get it wrong, I grill you with love. Right? I've, I've already got the answer for you. So just throw it out. Have at it. Drop, drop it in the chat. There's nothing you can say. Like sometimes you guys get it so wrong, so way off. And it's just funny at that point. Like how far off you are. But we have a laugh about it and we get back to the lesson. So don't feel like, oh shit, I don't want to say the wrong thing, bruh. You know, don't be like that. And so then you don't type anything. No, have courage, have courage. Have courage. So as my good friend Hannah says, just have some bloody courage. <laughs> That's her advice to Ben. Just have some fucking courage. Oh, shit. Shout out to Hannah if she's watching this. It's just some of the best advice a woman I've ever heard say. It's like, it's like Adam, listen, guys just need to have some fucking courage. And I'm like, yeah, I know, right? So here we go. We've got some answers coming in. Oh, I'm having fun with this. Uh, Johnny Nguyen comes in with the first answer saying, it made no logical sense. Also, he was being indirect and dishonest. Sorry if that sounds mean, haha. Oh, okay, yes, yes. I had to think about that for a second. I was trying to isolate which part you were talking about that was indirect and dishonest. But yes, yes, absolutely. It was indirect and dishonest for him to say to her that the reason why I'm not going to progress things sexually with you and why I want to progress things sexually with your friend is because you're a bit overwhelming and fierce. Yeah, that's indirect and dishonest. Listen, she may well have been overwhelming and fierce, but that's no reason to to say that why I'm not going to progress things sexually with you. So yeah, bang on, Joe. Sorry, I, for a second there, I don't know, I was, I was thinking about some other part of the interaction. But yeah, you fucking nailed it. Great job. Uh, it's not mean, Johnny. It's not mean. That's literally what it was. He was being indirect and dishonest, which actually hurts her more. Let's park that because there's some more answers, but we'll get back to that in a second because Johnny's got the money. Like I always say, we're looking for the fruit off the tree. Some of you don't even get in the right garden. Some of you don't even hit the right tree. Johnny's hit not only hit the right tree, the right garden, but also hit the apple. So nice smack comes in then saying he was hiding his true intentions and not being honest. Yes, very good. Very good, Mr. Smack. On the point, Gugu comes in saying, making excuses, man, doesn't make the hot girl feel special. Definitely making excuses. Uh... I'm not so concerned with making the hot girl feel special. If anything, I would like her not to feel special. She's not special. That's the mentality is that going back to conquering validation from women, which is that we don't pedestal nobody. Everyone is a baby. We take the baby filter. If you guys go back to like social Q&A episode like 14 or something, we talked about the baby effect or the baby lens, which is that we view all people in general as babies. 
We don't put anyone on a pedestal, whether they are the CEO of this company and or the prime minister or this absolute 10 in the in the club or on the football field. It sounds like who's that. We're all just babies. We all came out of the womb. No one's special. Like they've got to prove to you that they're special. And that's only going to come through some extreme vulnerability through extreme sexual connection much further down the line. But just because a girl's got a nice physique, got her hair did, got her lashes did, and uh, looking fresh tonight, that doesn't make her special. Like, why would that make her special? There's, there's so many other girls out here that look like this as well. I, yeah, we're all babies. Take the baby effect. Anyways, going on a bit of a different line here. Connor Bowers comes in saying, you have to win both of them over in a positive way. Yeah, I'd be very careful with win. I'm not trying to win anyone over. I'm not trying to... I'll, I'll say that I, I agree with you saying in a positive way in that you're trying to get them both on side. That's the terms I would use. I want both of them on side, absolutely. But I would be very careful with the word win. You know, This is not a game. Our interactions with women are not games. There's nothing to be won. There's nothing to be lost. So be careful the way you talk to yourself, Connor. <clears throat> Victor comes in saying, got to win the friend first. Uh, you made the same mistake as Connor, Victor. Go back to five seconds ago. Uh, Connor then coming in saying, because she knows she's not as attractive. Gugu comes in with a bit of a rolling face. Nice Max saying he should be he should befriend them both, but state his honesty from the start. Uh, Connor then saying, be a man, just go for the girl you like. No dissing. Yeah, so Connor, that's more on point. Just the winning and the gains, I don't do not vibe with that at all. T comes in here saying, yo, lad, sorry I'm late. T's finally up in here. Okay, so my friends, I love the chop. I love the chap. Uh, who are the outstanding? Who are the guys I got it right? Johnny and... John, Johnny hit it on the net, who's the first one to get it in and the most articulate about it, which is that Johnny Nuance, he just made no logical sense. He's being indirect and dishonest. That And that is what hurt her friend. You guys might think that, well, is, is the friend stopping the attractive friend from going out with him and giving her the impression that, well, you've got to be loyal to me because this guy really hurt my feelings. But the hurting. What hurt her more? Did it hurt her more that he was being indirect and dishonest? Or did it hurt her more that he just didn't choose her? Indirect and dishonest all day. All day. Let me give you an example. Rundle Mall is a summer afternoon. Uh, this, it was a bowl session. This is years and years ago. But this is just a real, I mean, I could take thousands of examples. This one just always sticks in my mind, though, because they were both absolute tens. Or maybe then that's not a good example. <laughs> but it, it, it proves the point of what I'm going on of hurting versus indirect. So when I'm, I'm there with the red beard wizard, a.k.a. Mike. Uh, we're walking through the mall, two absolute tens. It's like a twilight session where girls are getting ready to go out. Two absolute tens just strolling by, and I'm like, mm, fuck it, let's go. Let's enjoy this. Let's have a great time here. I get up there. I stop both of them. And listen, this is uh, for those of you, or for my clients anyway, uh, when I talk about multiple women interactions, two set interactions, that you must have intent off the bat. Now, this guy's situation is slightly different, so don't don't get in the weeds with me about this, because I know he didn't even know that he was going to be in an interaction. It was a very serendipitous situation. But anyways, I had intent for both of them because they're both very attractive. 
So when I go up and I stop both of them, it's the intent is for both. It's that, and that's the major differentiation, just giving you guys some tactics on stopping one girl versus stopping two girls or three or five, is that the intent must be known from the beginning. It's either very clear that when I'm approaching this two girls going by, that I'm very attracted to one of them, and you do make no lies about that. That when you get over there, you're like, excuse me, miss, I saw you, I thought you looked beautiful, had to say hey, just walking by. But you never say that I thought you both looked beautiful if you didn't think both of them were beautiful. Keep your intent clear and honest. So there is a bit of a tactic there for this guy. But he was in a serendipitous situation. Hopefully he just takes that on board. So, but anyways, getting into this. So I stop both of these girls and they're just, they're, they're both very physically attractive off the get. So I give the intent to both of them. I thought you both looked beautiful. I had to say, hey, we get into it right off the bat. The one on the left, Blondie, not having a bar of it. She's in a really bad mood, actually. And she's just like rolls her eyes and just like, you know, it kind of gives me that schmuck type vibe. Girl on the right, kind of, uh, let's call her brunette, even though she was like halfway between. Call her brunette. Uh, it's fucking lit. Absolutely lit. Absolutely loved it. Is diving in deep on this. And because I think we'd already been out for quite some time, I'm feeling the vibe. Having a good afternoon. And, and so I just immediately shift all my energy, direct all of my conversation to her. We're basically now in just a one-on-one interaction. Now, th- I would normally not do this. I would normally always try and incorporate the friend as much as I can, get her friend on site, as I said before, get both people on site. However, her friend was so negative right off the get that it's like she did, she, she was basically walking off as... I was directing my attention to her friend. So at that point, let it go. I'm not going to try and fight to keep her friend in this interaction where she's almost walking off. Well, she is. As I start to direct the conversation more to her friend, her friend does actually get like 10 feet down the street, gets down to uh, Heinley Street, basically. And so I'm just in this interaction uh, with her friend. Now, why did I bring this up? What was the main key of this? The intent? Being clear and honest? Yeah. Oh, whatever. Whatever the main point was. There was. There was because I chose this interaction. Or maybe it will come out in a second. But anyways, I'll finish the story and maybe it will come out. Sometimes I just get so lost in the visualization of these stories. But so anyways, I'm in, I'm in this with this interaction with this girl and we're having an amazing time. But we don't have a lot of time because her friend's gone off and she's getting pulled away and they're going out to dinner. And so I'm like, listen, fuck it. You and I, we're going to get together. We're going to get to know each other better. Let's do it. Let's exchange. And, and she goes, listen, I don't think my boyfriend will like that. And I'm like, listen, fuck your boyfriend. <laughs> say that, fuck your boyfriend. We're here right now. And I'll say that again and again. Obviously, he's telling you cheek. I don't actually mean that I, I'm not actually meaning ill will against her boyfriend. We say it in fun, it's telling you cheek, but it's also conveying strong masculine energy. And she's like, yeah, but he's the type of guy that would literally come and fucking break your door down. I'm not sure if you want to get into that. And so and she was like being really serious about it as well at this point. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's leave it there then. But it's been, it's been real. And, and we, we left it there and it was a great vibe. Now, I can't remember why I started this story. If not just for the intent. I think that was why I brought that intent out. Uh, because, yeah, I think that was actually, which is just the reason why when I first approached both of them is that I made no qualms about who I'm here for once it was done. I wasn't trying to... Uh, be indirect and honest and tr- indirect and dishonest by trying to get her friend to stay. And I'm not into her friend at all. Just based on her energy, being so negative to get, let it go. Bringing her back 
to this guy's situation now, hurting the friend. Hurting the friend and the mistake that he made. And he's like, but where's the tactic out of? Don't worry, we'll get into it. I just like to have fun of it. You hurt the friend by being indirect and dishonest with her. If he had just said to her, when it's wrapping up, here you go. He's wrapping up. I realize I got to get back to my friends. Oh, we've got to get to some instant date stuff as well, though, because this shouldn't have been the first thing. There's a few things here. So we'll go, I'll give you the core tactic and then I'll give you some, I'll give you some extras. So it's wrapping up. I realize that I've got to get back to my mate's place. Instead of putting the pressure on the girl he's attracted to, because in this situation, he might be thinking, well, okay. If I just been directed honest, so what do you mean? That I just go to the girl that I'm attracted to and just say, listen, another time, we're going to get together. Let's go on an adventure. Let's exchange details. That's also not good. That's also not right. Because that still offsides her friend. It still conveys to her friend and allows the opportunity for her friend to be a wedge. It still puts a lot of pressure on the situation. You've got to imagine here, especially if her friend has been the driving force of the conversation and that the more attractive girl has been less input. Now, but but hang on here, there's so many more tactics. Why? Why was her friend, why my friend Albus, Mr. Dumbledore, why did you allow for her friend to be the driving factor. See, there's so many other red flags popping up here. We can make a whole podcast about this one particular scenario. Okay, I've got to park that. I've got to park that because we will come back to that. Please, guys, in the chat, remind me, if I forget it, to come back to... If you've got a girl who, in a two-set, one who's more the one you're not so attracted to is the driving force of the conversation, that's on you, not on her. And if the girl that you're more attracted to is being more meek, is not engaging as much, that's on you. That's a big red flag in Albus's tactical skill set here in thinking that that's not his fault or that, that wasn't he wasn't responsible for that. As the man in the interaction, you are solely responsible for the key dynamics as to who's engaging more or less. So we that's a really good point to go on. We'll we'll come I will come back to that. Anyways. <laughs> Coming back here. If he had, because he's, if he's listening in right now going, okay, I get it. I've been grilled in the chat. I've been grilled by Adam. It was the wrong move to indirectly and dishonestly say to the girl I'm not attracted to, listen, because you're a bit overwhelming and a little bit fierce, I need to go with your friend here. I'm going to go with your friend instead. <clears throat> he's like, okay, I get that was wrong because it hurts her more because he should. I should have just been up front. So if I'm going to be up front, and I just go and say to a friend, hey, I'm feeling you. Another time, we're going to get to know each other. Still not good though, is it? Still not right. Why? Why not right? Pressure. Way too much pressure. That now puts the spotlight on her, especially in a situation where you had already fucked up by not getting her to engage more. Now, let's say if you had done it right and you had her engaging more because she is the one you're more attracted to, it's still not the right move to then go and put that absolute spotlight pressure on her because of how it makes her friend feel and because of the pressure it puts on her, your girl that you're most attracted to, to make sure that her friend doesn't feel awkward. You know, you can be having an amazing interaction with two, with both women and there's one that you're more attracted to 
And if you repeat this process of putting the spotlight on her when it comes to finishing this up and closing, you will lose so many interactions purely out of her good nature. How do you think that makes her feel? Albus, how do you think it makes the girl you're interested in feel when we flip the perspective now and you've been having this interaction, say it's been great, which it hasn't been, but let's say it's been great. She's been engaging uh, really fluidly with you and she's been doing most of the driving conversation with you. How does it make her feel when you say to her, all right, I'm feeling you. Let's get to go. Let's get to know each other another time. Let's change details. Let's do it. How does that make her feel? She's like, oh, but my friend, ah, shit, but my friend's going to feel so awkward. My friend's got to be feeling so nervous. My friend's going to be feeling so left out right now. (coughs) My friend's not been included right now. So out of her good nature, she will turn down the clothes so many times. I went through this so many times because when I was learning to be direct, congruent, authentic, I thought that was the right move that if I'm in interaction with two women and I'm feeling this one more of her, just be 100% direct, straight up with her, go straight to the hole. Go straight to the hole, straight to the hoop of her. But what you don't realize is that lacks incredible amounts of social savviness and social calibration because of how it puts the pressure on her to make sure that her friend doesn't feel uncomfortable, even if she loves you, even if she wants you, Albus, even if she wants to go down the situation, it makes her feel like a dick. It makes her feel like, for lack of better terms, I'm not going to be a good bloke here. Now, I know she's not a bloke, but for those of you who are not from Australia, it's just a saying we have that good bloke is a standard of good behavior. She can't be a good bloke in this situation. You've put her in a no good bloke situation. She is in a no win situation here, even though she's actually feeling it if, if she was. So what's the right way of doing it? How would we do this in a socially calibrated way? <clears throat> My OGs already will already know the answer to this. But for those of you that don't, instead of going straight to the hole and straight to the hoop with the girl that we are most attracted to, we apply a little social calibration. And we now put the onus and the responsibility on the friend we're not attracted to to not be a dick. How's this look? I've had a great conversation. And now there's, there's, a, there's an obvious flaw. There's an obvious flaw we have to just pause in which that he allowed the friend he was not attracted to to be the driving force of the conversation. We've got we to put that to the side. <clears throat> Let's say he had done run this interaction well and that actually the driving force of the conversation has been with the girl he's most attracted to as it always should be. And now it's come time. Got to go and close this interaction because I've got to get going. Instead of going straight to the hoop, with the girl that I'm most attracted to, we know that's wrong now because it's going to put too much pressure on her not to be a dick to her friend. Flip that, put the responsibility on her friend to not be a dick. <laughs> Hold on, let, let this garbage truck go by. How does this look? All right, girls, I got to get going. It's getting late, I got to get back to my mate's place. Directing my conversation now directly to the friend that I'm not attracted to. Listen, I don't want to make things awkward. But another time, I would love to get together with your friend. You cool with that? In that tone, 
Pay key attention. Replay that if you need to. I'm going to replay it for you now. End of the interaction. Directing strong energy towards her friend. Listen, I don't want to make things awkward. Another time though, I'd love to get to know your friend better. So cool with you. Silence. Hold it. Have you been indirect or dishonest? No, I, I told her exactly what it is. I don't want to make things awkward and that I'm attracted to her friend. Check, check. So is she going to get hurt? No. X, X, not because of what he initially did. So we're being direct, being honest, which means that she's now on side. Beautiful. Handed off 50. Fantastic. Now, what does it also do? There are few people in this world, few girls, that are dick enough, bad bloke enough to then say directly to you, nah, (laughs) nah, sorry, man, not going to let it happen. There are a few girls that are going to actively be the wedge. But the problem was that, and the problem that I used to have, is that when you go straight to the hole with the girl that you're super (coughs) attracted to, you are asking her friend to be the wedge. You are asking her to be a block because you're putting too much pressure on it. But if you switch the responsibility to her, in which that, listen, I'm saying directly to you right now, friend I'm not attracted to, this is my intent. I want to get together with your friend, but I don't want it to be awkward. So is it okay with you? Now, we're going to get to a thing here because some guys get a bit confused with, but Adam, it sounds like you're asking for permission. No, we're not. Just, we'll get to that in a second. But piecing this up, the responsibility is on her not to be in the way. How many girls are out there? I've seldom seen it where a girl, it's only at night, only at night when a girl's a bit drunk and she's an absolute mother hen and she just does not want her friend to have a good time. Yeah, you'll see it then. But we're talking about an organic day situation, no alcohol, no fucking music blaring. And it's just, just this raw serendipitous situation. I say to her friend, is that okay with you? Hey, I want to get together with your friend. I don't want it to be awkward. Is that okay with you? She can't say no. She has to be an absolute dick to say no. What friend is going to get in the way of a beautiful situation in which that her friend, because it's obvious, if girls know, girls know what whether you're actively going to be direct about it and front up as a man and say, this is the energy, girls know. Girls know that, oh, he's obviously really attracted to my friend. And most girls, I would say, you know, I'll say just be conservative. Eight out of 10 times, it's like 99.99% of times out of 100 in which that the friend is now going to say to you, yeah, she's going to help you. She's going to be like, oh, of course, of course. Listen, listen, you guys need a second. You guys need 30 seconds. Do you know how many times that's happened? You know, if not her saying that I'm actively going to leave the situation so that you and my friend can have a nice moment here. But if at the bare minimum, her just approving and just saying, yeah, absolutely. Why? Because you've been direct, you've been honest, you haven't fucked around, you haven't hurt her feelings, you haven't said to her, listen, the reason why I'm not closing you or not progressing things sexually with you is because you're overwhelming and a bit fierce. No, so none of that, it's, listen, I need to get to know your friend a little bit better. I don't want to make this awkward, so is that okay with you? She, the amount of times 
Now, for those of you, I said I was going to mention instant dates. This is how you go on an instant date with a girl who's with her friend. You put the onus and the responsibility on her friend not to be a dick. Okay. Now, this is just social savviness, social calibration. Don't put the pressure on her friend to be to not be a dick because that's never going to work out. There's no happy ending there. You two are never going to get off on a good interaction. It's very rare. It's very rare. But in a situation where, oh, I just use a little bit of social savviness, be direct and honest with her friend and put her in a position where there is no pressure. If it's the opposite, the pressure now is to not be a dick, right? It's, it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful, but I worked this out. So that's the key tactic for him to work on. Now, I'm not going to address some of you in the chat, but I, I've got it in my mind here. I've got it in my mind. There was a fundamental flaw in this interaction that he had made at the beginning in terms of social dynamic exchange of who's investing more. So I will just tap that up in a second. But a few of you just dropped in the chat saying, uh, Connor Bowers come and saying, green grower, ha ha. Don't know what that, oh, he's talking to someone else in the chat. That's what I was going to say. Connor Bowers with some fire, earth and wind. I like that. Uh, Two right, the friend, the friends go from obstacles to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So this is the final thing I wanted to say uh, for him. Key point. He made a fundamental flaw in his, when he said here, he made a fundamental flaw in allowing the girl he was not as attracted to to be the main driver of the interaction. I just want to get it here in the message. It's somewhere here in the message. Okay, so he says here, I decided I need to leave to get back as my mate was cooking dinner. After no more than a five-minute exchange, one of the two I was attracted to as she was pretty hot versus the friend, albeit seemingly more bold and confident, but was larger and less pretty. So, and also to tag on with that later on in the message when he says that his excuse to her why he couldn't close her was because she's overwhelming and fierce. What that all says to me is that if I was there in the interaction, and listen, mate, I've been through my 10,000. I've, I've seen the patterns. I can visualize this interaction uh, very well. And what I almost can guarantee, I can't give you a full guarantee because I wasn't actually there, but what I would dare say was going on was that when you had this girl that I'm more attracted to, she's a little bit meeker, maybe just by nature, she's a little bit meeker. She's not as aggressive in her conversational style. But then you've got her more attractive friend, uh, sorry, less attractive friend, but is more confident, is more aggressive in her conversational style. And I mentioned this before, that's actually very common. You'll actually find that quite, that's a bit of a pattern that when there's quite a discrepancy between the sexual attractive level of two girls that are friends, like one's obviously far more attractive, it's often that she's less confident, like in terms of a conversational style. And the one who's less attractive is often more. I've seen that again and again. Anyways, in this scenario, you got into a state of comfort. You got into a state of, ah, because you found someone, the girl that was less attractive, who was willing to invest heavily and that she was willing to drive this conversation. And anytime a guy who has lacking social dynamics senses this, he lets off. He takes his hand off the gear stick. He downshifts the gear and just rides in that because 
if you've got if you ever send someone who's like oh yeah she's super receptive she's talking heaps ah uh, i can just chill right in a two set situation like this that's game over that's game over because what you've now done is what my friends my friends in the chat what is what have you done and what did what did this guy do by allowing the less attractive girl to now overinvest, start driving the conversation, and he's make no mistake, he's allowing this to happen. Because as the masculine energy, he's the driver, he leads this interaction, he decides the polar- the polarity and the balance of energy that's going on here. Who can and who who's being qualified, who's investing more? He's the driver of that. So why is that so think tell me. Yeah, what's the fundamental mistake he's made here? Very good. T comes in with the first answer saying, giving up leadership. Bang on. Bang on. He stopped leading. Yes, T. Ah, I love it when T's up in this chat because he's always got the money. He stopped leading. When you stop leading, game over. That's why I say, why is it game over? Stop leading. You can, you can verbally describe that in many different ways, but that's the key crux of it. And that's the word, that's the word I was looking for. Luis P comes in here saying, He's let go of his frame. Yes, yes. Just a, just another way of saying it. You stop leading, you break your frame. You let go of your frame. There's no more frame at this point. You've given the frame to the friend. You've get, If you allowed, in this situation, when he allowed the less attractive girl to drive the conversation, now why, now that, why, why though? Why would anyone do that? Why would a guy do that? Why would you just allow that? Because it's nice. Because it's easy, because it's comfortable, it is comfortable and relaxing when you're in the front. You, you find yourself in the serendipitous situation of which that you are at a football field in London, and two girls happen to randomly appear while you're looking for your AirPod. One of them happens to be super attractive, and so you're just—it's like she's given you a, a, a life preserver. She's given you a life raft. She's given you a boy. Right? She's buoying you up here, up in the water. And like, so you can just, for this guy, it was likely just a sense of relief, pressure relief, getting his head above water, that oh, I've got one girl here who's just willing to drive. Let her drive. Right? And of course, he's not saying this consciously. That's what's happening subconsciously. So what should he have done? T, T and Louis, since you're, uh, you seem to be quite active here, what should he have done? When he noticed that... The more attractive girl is a little bit meeker, not so confident conversationally, but the less attractive girl has a proclivity to be more confident, to be more aggressive. What should he have done when he recognized this polarity? Drop in that chat. Instead of resting, what should he have done? And give me some specifics as well. Don't be general about it. Put yourself in that scenario. See it. Okay. I've got a girl I'm super attracted to, but she's not she's not engaging enough in her right now. She's not engaging right now. But then I've got a girl who's next to her who's not as attractive, but she's giving me everything. She's giving me way too much, actually. What do I need to do here? Those of you in the chat, what do I need to do? And like I said, guys, it's a safe space. Louise and T are two of my deeper clients, so they know what the hell's going on. They're very tapped in. They're always going to give me the right answer, almost all the time. But for those of you that aren't my clients, drop it in the chat. Drop your best idea. It's okay to be wrong. 
It's okay to give me an answer that's a way off. Like I said before, be engaged. Okay. T comes in with the first qu- uh, first response saying, hmm, stronger qualification. You're on the money. You're on the money. However, I can't cash that. I can't bank that. I need, I need, that's a generalization. I need specifics. What specifically about stronger qualification? How specifically would he use stronger qualification to balance this dynamic? Because it's out of balance. Yeah, it's out of balance. The girl that we're most attracted to is not engaging enough. The girl that we're least attracted to is engaging too much. Dynamic is out of balance. So Luis and T have got us in the right garden in saying that he gave up leadership. He gave up his frame. So we understand now. We are in the garden now of that we need to now keep leading and to maintain our strong leadership and frame. So that's the garden. Now I'm asking you guys for the tree. T gave me the tree. He said stronger qualification. Now I need the apple. I need the specific of how that looks. Because it's all well and good to say stronger qualification, but I need to know how's it actually look. You need to know how that actually looks. He, Mr. Albus, needs to know. So T then goes on to say, EG, <clears throat> you seem more chatty, but you're quiet. So I think So I think T means that in the sense of saying to the inner the less attractive girl. You're more chatty, but then he then directs it to the girl he's more attracted to, saying, but you're quiet. Very good. I'm going to pause that there, T. That's a good example. I'm going to pause that there and just get out some of the rest of the guys' chats, and we'll come back to that, because you're correct. But you've given me, you haven't given me the principle, you've given me the, you've given me how it manifests. I want the principle, because you can't take that because yes, T has already hit the apple. He's hit the apple here. However, you guys need the principle of what T's hit on, not the line. Because I don't want you guys taking that line. It's not about lines. It's not about you now going out or Alba's going out and saying to any time you see a misbalance of energy between two girls saying, okay, what was that line? Oh yeah, you, you seem more chatty, but you seem more quiet. No, 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 never that. We want the principle. So I'm looking for the principle. Luis P. Luis comes in saying, maybe go back to qualifying the more attractive girl. Yeah, so Luis and Luis and T are on the same level, they're on the same wavelength here. You guys are on the same right. I just need specific, specific principle. Connor Bowers comes in saying, Can you repeat the question? D. Rizzi comes in saying, lead the convo to the attractive girl a bit more. Uh Gugu says, give the other girl more value. Oh, hold on, because hang on a second. Okay, so let me just repeat the question. So the question. Connor, was when you have a more attractive girl who is engaging less and you have a less attractive girl who is engaging more, okay, how do we rebalance the dynamic? How do we take leadership, take control as the man with our frame and to rebalance that so that we don't allow the more, the less attractive girl to dominate the conversation and to just rest and rest in investment and rest in that comfort and easiness? which, of course, is not giving us the interaction we want. That's the question. Did, uh, so come back here. D. Rizzi came in saying, lead the convo to the attractive girl a bit more. Yes, Rizzi, you're on money. You're on the same money as Luis and T, but not, not specific enough. Uh, Gugu comes in saying, because when I say I'm not specific enough, well, I'm sure Albus is thinking, okay, how? How do I do that? 
T gave, T already hit the money. T already gave us, in his example, you seem more chatty, but you're quiet. But that's a line. I want the principle behind that. I just want to see if any of you have the principle behind it. Uh, otherwise, we'll, I'll give it to you. Gugu then comes in saying, give the other girl more value with a question mark by being less interested in the more active one. Okay, so I don't know what you mean by value, but that, but I definitely disagree with it. Yeah, you're, I'm just interpreting the way you're using value because you just being you is value enough. So maybe you're just not getting the right terms. Maybe the maybe you're misusing the word value there. I'll give you one there. But uh But de- no no, I, but I just definitely disagree with the last part of it by saying being less interested in the more active one. It's not about being less interested. No. You want to engage both. Interested in both. There's a you kind of get off lost in the woods there. That's okay. But that's okay. Thank you for putting it in. Just a little lost in the woods there. Um it's not quite what we're talking about, but definitely, but uh, definitely, definitely, you you're in the right frame at the beginning there by saying we need to direct more of our attention to the girl we're more interested in. Yes, but not in terms of value. Okay. Ski then comes in saying, "Do you qualify the attractive girl to get the flame started?" Yeah, great. Yes, that's it. He put a question mark on it, but is correct because that's on the same line as T and Luis. Uh, in terms of stronger qualification and uh, going back to qualification and to the girl you're more attracted to. Definitely. Um, Connor then comes in saying, man to woman with the attractive girl, friend to friend with the unattractive girl. That's not bad. That's not bad because Connor's trying to hit on a principle there. So I actually, actually, let me dive into that a little bit more if I'm coming from a principle mindset. Yes, that's starting to feel a bit better actually. Now that I've said it again in my mind. Man to Connor said, man to woman with the attractive girl, friend to friend with the unattractive girl. And that, that's a good macro principle. Not as specific to what we're literally talking about right now, but very good. That's a really good principle to have in general, though. So I'll give you apps for that, Connor. That's good. Uh, ski comes in saying, got no clue. Ha <laughs> ha. No, you're on. You're on with that, Ski. We just need the uh, little bit. I'm trying to say, I know Tia Luisa are here. I think it. I know they're thinking. There's one thing you guys are missing, which is good. I love this though. Uh, Succubus, don't worry. When we, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Uh, Succubus comes in saying, the psychology behind T's line is sort of pointing out the elephant in the room and hence she invests more. Just guessing. That's good, Succubus. That's real good. Okay, so Succubus has taken us where I would like to go. This is the one thing, because T, to wrap, to bring it up here, T had already nailed it. To the question of, what, how? How do we rebalance the dynamic in this interaction when you've got a more attractive girl who is not engaging enough and a less attractive girl who is engaging too much? How do I rebalance this? T came in saying, Okay, stronger qualification, e.g., you seem more chatty, aka to the girl who's engaging way too much, and to the girl who's who's not as attractive, and then to the girl who's more attractive, and uh, you seem more quiet. That is tactically how it should manifest, at least based on the situation that you're in organically, uniquely. Don't take the line. It's not about the line. And that's why I wanted the principle. 
and Succubus has come in with a, with a pretty close, pretty bang on, coming in then saying to explain the principle of why, listen, uh, you seem like you're a little bit, you're a bit chatty, you're, you're pretty uh, energetic, but you, you seem like you're real quiet. What's the principle behind that? That's what Albus needs to know. That's what you guys need to know. Succubus came in with some money that I can bank saying the psychology behind teens line is sort of pointing out the elephant in the room and hence she invests more. Yes. Yes. It's, it's very good. It's now reading it for a second time. It's even better. It's even better for a second time. Why is it that by directly saying to the attract, the less attractive girl, <clears throat> you're super energetic. You're super chatty. Flip it over to the girl that I'm really attracted to, that I would really like, because what's happening? She's not engaging enough. So why is it when T said qualification and Louise said qualification and and uh, Ski? Ski also say that, or he's pointing towards it anyway. We need qualification. We need to direct all of our flame, all of our qualification to the girl who's not engaging enough. Yes, absolutely. But more specifically to what Succubus said of that, pointing out the elephant in the room. Hence, that gets her to engage more. If I was to just say directly to the girl that who's not engaging enough, but I'm more attracted to, and this one's like, and the one on the right, who's not as attractive, who's just going off like a fucking lawnmower. Why doesn't it work if I go straight to the girl, straight to the hole and say, listen, you seem like you're really quiet. If I just said that, if I just said, listen, you're just really quiet. What does that do to her? Ski, ski, I know you're in this chat because you were a little bit confused saying that you have no clue. And you guys can answer it as well. But ski, what does that do to the attractive girl who's not engaging enough? Because yes, we need qualification and T is right with that and Louise is right with that, which means we direct in a stating way, in a masculine way, we want to create a bit of friction. We're going to say something that's going to challenge her. Absolutely. But why is it maybe not such a good idea? Not even maybe. Why is it not a good idea to just say directly to her, you seem like you're pretty quiet. Even with a smile, even with a little bit of a playful tone. Why is that no good? Take it a second to think about. Why is that no good? And why is it that what Succubus said, which explained T's principle, uh, what T said, well, it's really what T said of saying first to the girl that we're less attracted to, hey, you seem like you're really energetic. You seem like you're real chatty. But you, you seem like you're a little bit quiet, actually. You seem like you're pretty, uh, pretty meek, actually, pretty shy. What's the divider? Why is it what T said is money bank? And why is it that maybe being, just eliminating that first part which explains uh, Succubus's, Succubus' explanation. It's real good. <clears throat> Ski comes in saying, <clears throat> well, hold up. There's a few people before that. Uh, Connor then said, sexual vibe with the attractive girl and just good energy with the unattractive girl. Uh, Dean comes in saying, my second life says, good to see you in the, in, in the flesh. He says, uh, Tas, tas Tasubhasya Arigato Sense Arigato Sensei. I am not sure what the first one says, but then he goes on to say Arigato Sensei. Hey, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, okay. 
And then, okay, then then Ski went on to say, so we're getting off on tangents here. So Ski then comes in saying, makes her more quiet. Maybe insecurities pop up in her head. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. Bang on, Ski. Bang on. So that's why what T said was perfect because it alleviates all the pressure. It alleviates all the pressure. When you, in a, in a, when you got two girls... This is just a, a key fundamental thing we've been going into here, which is that when we talked about the closing, it's never the right move to put all the pressure on one. And that's the principle we're getting at here, my friends, is that you have two people share the load, share the pressure, and if anything, reduce all the pressure by choosing and selecting in a calibrated way which one you direct this to. So... When T said, when we're just rectifying the balance of the social dynamics here, she's not engaging enough. My darn piece is not engaging enough. But if I just tell her she's not engaging enough, aka you seem like you're very shy, very quiet, insecurities to what Ski say. That's why I wanted to address this question really. Uh, I wanted why I wanted your response, Ski, because you seemed a little bit confused about it, but I knew you could get it. I knew you would get it. It's going to make her feel more insecure, more pressured. Because it's very clear. It's very obvious. We all know. It's like we know who's engaging more. We know who's engaging less. You don't need to say it. Like you don't need to put the pressure on that person directly like that. In night, it's a bit different. When things are a little more aggressive, you can be a little bit more aggressive. But this is a calm day uh, twilight sesh, right? This is a twilight, not even a sesh. He was just in a random interaction with these two. It needs even more calibration. So by saying first to the more chatty, energetic girl, hey, you seem like you're really energetic and chatty. What does that tick? In both their minds, ding. He's socially calibrated. He gets it. He knows. We both know. So he's addressed it. Boom. Makes her feel good about it. Makes her friend feel good. Brings her involved. Gets her uh, engage in the interaction, ding, ding. And then we flip it to achieve what we wanted, which is qualification, gets her more engaged by saying, and you actually look like you're pretty shy. You actually look like you're pretty quiet. Ding, in terms of getting her to say and to now respond of going, well, actually, the, all the pressure is on me. He's addressed my friend first, so now I can look at my friend and how is she going to respond? Chin's gonna, chin's gonna turn. She's gonna look at her friend, and I, I will put all my life savings that she puts. She turns to her friend, and she goes to her friend, and she looks at her friend, and they look at each other, and they go, mm, "Kind of, you know." But sometimes, actually, Mary's actually not like this all the time. But then, actually, if you were to see me when I'm doing fucking mahjong, I play fucking mahjong when I'm when I'm doing my nails. <laughs> my girl plays mahjong. Right, when, when I'm doing my fucking nails, you should see me when I'm doing my fuck. So what's happened here, my friends? We've achieved everything we set out for. Not only have we got a friend on side, which keeps her friend engaged in the interaction, we don't just completely blindside her. Ding. But then we, to the main point, to the misc, to the re, to the rectification of the balance of our social dynamics here, we have now got the girl we're most attracted in and attracted to, to engage in this interaction now and to actually let herself go and to bring forth the personality we want to see and to actually get not only her qualifying to us, which of course drives attraction up, 
but also makes her feel like that, no, actually, I want to be in this interaction. I want to engage more. So it's money in the bank. It's investment, which will now compound throughout the rest of your time together. She does it once. She gets used to it once. She will do it again. So now you don't have to be as... Now it's going to flow even better. You don't even have to be so directed about it now. This is a Kickstarter. This is a... Let, let's get the flame going here. But qualification doesn't take long if you fucking nail it. If you get qualification right at the beginning, it's, it's investment. It's an, it's an investment which then allows you to go into investment. It's money in the bank, as I said. Qualification can be over and done very quickly if you just get it right. If you just nail it. So, wrapping this up, I want to get into open Q&A here. I want to get into open Q&A here so you guys can drop your questions on anything related to dating, social dynamics, or relationships in the chat box. And if you want to donate to the Super Chat, help support the channel, get your question bumped to the top. And also, if you're enjoying this content, hit that thumbs up down below. Most appreciated. Wrapping this up. This guy, this, there was two, the initial problem we addressed with this guy closing the two girls was that he put too much pressure. Well, hold on, hold on. He indirectly, he was indirect and dishonest, which made the less attractive friend feel uh, hurt. She got hurt by that, which then later on in post put the pressure on the girl he was more attracted to, to not actually go out with him. Okay. Rewind it. Rewind it. We never, when we're closing two girls, we never put the pressure on the girl we're attracted to to have to exchange details with us then and there, which clearly says and puts the spotlight actually on her friend then and goes, well, not good enough? What, is she not good enough? Yeah, I can't, I can't make her feel like that. Fuck, I can't do this, et cetera, et cetera, as we've explained. But before all of that, the fundamental mistake this guy made was in not taking masculine leadership for the dynamic of the relationship interaction between the two, in which that he chilled, rested, allowed the girl who was less attractive to be a main driver, and most importantly, did not engage the girl who was more attractive because, and I just want to get this word for word here. Okay, it's going to take me too long to find it. It was just in the summary. Basically, just with the girl that you're not, you're not, um, the girl that was just engaging less. That's your fault. That's the principle. If the girl you're not attracted, if the girl you're attracted to is not engaging enough, it's your fault. Not hers. You, what, you think that she's just like this throughout her entire life? For the most shyest girls I've ever met, you get them in their comfortable space, they become animals. Most comfortable space being body to body on the rug. Movie's just finished. Fucking Looney Tunes, fucking Aladdin's just finished. And you guys are starting to make out and breathe together and just getting fucking energetic space together. The shyest of girls will become animals in that space if you give them time. If you show them empathy. If you show them that, hey, there's no rush here. We don't need to have sex tonight. I'd rather breathe with you. I'd rather just feel your heart rate, feel your heart through your back and just feel that beat. Ba boom, ba boom. You give her that space of comfortability, safe. Oh, this guy doesn't need anything from me. Going back to the beginning of this pod, this guy doesn't need my validation either. Actually, this is one thing in sexual play. You don't need to be on her the entire time. It's actually nice to just take a break. Now, I, I, I don't mention this enough. I was just, it came to me the other night when I was with a different girl. 
uh, it's okay to in an hour long just just sesh where you guys are just rubbing up on each other and making out a little bit and just breathing together. It's like you don't need to press on her so much. Anyways, what does that show her? Oh, it doesn't need me. It doesn't need me. Therefore, I want him. That's <laughs> just like a front row, front row opera clap. You could you could put that one in the bag. He doesn't need me, so I want him. Absolutely. Oh, fundamentals. So so if he could just rerun his interactions now, going, oh, so if I just <clears throat> take control of the interaction, stay in qualification, don't let up on qualification, don't allow the girl who's obviously so inclined to be real chatty, right? She could still be real chatty, but I deter- only one person can lead an interaction. I'm either following or I'm leading. In this interaction, you fail into follower mode. So going into open Q&A now, if you guys have any questions on dating, social dynamics, relationships, anything you want, just drop it down there. Let's get it. Uh, there were some questions. I know there have been some questions dropped up way further back in the chat. So uh, hold up. Let me just get some feedback from you guys. I still don't understand that Japanese word you put in there, D. He's got ta-su-ha-yo. Tasuyo. 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 I don't... That, it's really getting me that I don't know what that means. I've never even seen that. So let me get my bloody takiboto. Let me get my... Let me get my takiboto out. Ta-su-ha-yo. So I'm typing what you wrote into taki, into takiboto and that doesn't even come out. Unless you're using the ha as a wa. And you're saying you're saying tasuwayo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying there. But the rest of you said was arigato sensei. So I appreciate that. Okay. So um, uh, a few of you guys have come in saying a succubus said, "Girls are very self-conscious. She will see that you are noticing the attractive girl's vibe and body language, and this will motivate her more to invest. This could lead to a better attraction." I think he means the unattractive girl's vibe and body language, and this will motivate the girl more to invest. Yeah. If that's what you mean, then yes. Um, slicked back. Slicked back to his message retracted. No, he retracted that. Oh, hey, Mason Spiteri's up in here saying, greetings, mate, yip. <laughs> greetings, mate, yip. I'll say that to my brother just this morning. He's not here right now. But I'll uh, say, <laughs> greetings, mate, yip. Crazy, mate. Yeah, good to have you up in here. Mason Spateri's going to say, yes, Skee. says, uh, give her a compliance test. Uh, too gamey. Too gamey. Like, if, you, if your interaction is thinking about compliance testing, nah, nah. Not for me. Not for me. I don't like that gamey shit. Don't think about things like that way. Um, Ski comes in saying, Mason, yeah, mate, yep. <laughs> you too. Fucking you too. I would love... You know what, guys? Mason and Ski, because for those of you that don't know, uh, they're best mates, basically. Um, I think you guys are actually cousins, maybe. But I know that you're basically best mates anyway, even if you don't have a family tie. I would love to get you guys just in an interaction together. I would love to see you two in a direct intent interaction. It's fucking... It's fucking November... It's 30 degrees out. It's 6.30 p.m. The sun's going down on Fed Square. 
and fucking Mason, you two are just chopping it up on Fed Square steps and Mason sees a couple of dime pieces. He runs over there. He stops them both. Oh, what's this? Fucking ski rocks up. Hey, man, you ran off from me. Who's these two? Oh, shit. Have you met Sally? Have you met Gina? Oh, this is my friend Ski. Oh, shit. And then all of a sudden, now Ski's with his interaction. Now, because Mason opened the interaction, first, he gets first dibs, so he gets to choose which girl he's most attracted to. So what's he going to do? He's going to take lead by going, oh, by the way, Sally, going to qualification, he's going to turn his body, which means that she's going to start to face him, which then signals to Ski, oh, Mason's more into this girl, which means that as the good wing, I'm going to help out by being a great interaction, having a great interaction with her friend, which means that I'm going to start rotating my body. And so that now it's no longer a two set. It's now two one sets. Fundamental keys of a two set interaction with your wing. It, sh- it should only be a two set interaction for the, for the open. Like for the very beginning, when you're introducing each other, as soon as you step into qualification, you move your body to the side so that she faces you, he moves his body so that girl faces you, and now you've got two back-to-back interactions. Ski, girl, girl, Mason. Hopefully that works out. And then all of a sudden, they're having a great interaction. It's now two one in two. It's now two one sets, not a one-two set. And let's just say that Mason's starting to really get on with, with fucking Sally, and they're having a great time. Hey, it's late. It's going to get late, but why not? Let's do it. We've got the Arbery down there. Let's all go for a drink. So now that they've had time to establish a solid interaction one-on-one, not this weird foreplay of where is me and my wing and her and her friend, and only one of us gets to talk at one time where it's like, hey, I think this is about... And she goes, yeah, but then you got... No, you've had... Two sold interactions, but now we bring it back together. So like you were opening a clam, now we bring the clam back together. When Mason goes, oh yeah, this is good timing. This is good timing. So I bring it back in. I get my body back next to Ski, which then would signal to Ski, oh, Mason's ready to progress this and lead this. So he will naturally walk back in and then go, hey, listen guys, sunset's going down. How do you feel about getting a drink? Let's all go get a drink down the Arbery. If it's been a great interaction, and you all of a sudden say in that masculine way, it's an 8 out of 10, unless they were already going somewhere else. But if you've already been in this interaction for this long, gauging it, it's going down. It's going down. And, it's, and they're going to be like, oh, well, start walking. Let's go. And all of a sudden, they start walking down. And now they're on an instant date with, with, with him and his best mate and two attractive women. And now they're going to have a real interaction. And now there's, there's no game. There's no pickup here. It's just four people having a great time. Where did, where did that come from? <laughs> why did we go into a full walkthrough of what it would mean to be an awesome... Oh, that's why. <laughs> it's like, okay, that was awesome shit out of it. But where did, where did, why? Why did we start talking about that? Because Mason and Ski were having some chop back in this chat. And what I was, good, what I was trying to say was that I would love to one day be... <clears throat> to watch that go down. <coughs> oh, man. I would love to be able to watch that go down in which that uh, I probably don't have mics on, but maybe I'm close enough somewhere on fed steps and I can just see it happening though. Cause notice how much of that was visual. Holy fuck. That sun just came out. Give me a sec. This is a, uh, this is a bit intense. Is that better? 
it's still pretty bright. Maybe a little bit more. Okay. Hopefully that should be okay. Uh, because that was very visual, wasn't it? I just gave you guys a full walkthrough on what it would mean for Ski and Mason to go through a beautiful interaction together as two boys. And uh, as two guys that really trust each other, they're on the journey of social dynamics and how to handle that interaction. How much of that was visuals? Mason runs over, runs over, stops them both, interacts with both, both. Think about two people now. Oh, Ski comes in. Ski comes in on follow. They don't both try and stop both girls at the same time. Visual. One interaction, one intent. Don't confuse people. Okay, then Ski comes in. Oh, visual. Mason moves his body, which then signals to Ski to move his body. So visual. So what I'm saying here is that I wouldn't even need to be mic'd up. Obviously, I've been doing this for like 10 years. But I could just look at what's happening and know that these two are fucking nailing it just by seeing what they do with their bodies. And I just call this the clamshell, right? Separating. Separating it to make it two one sets instead of one two set. Come back together, bring the group back together, move from there. Anyways, I'm just saying that <laughs> the reason why I went through that walkthrough, like we're doing a fucking uh, PS4 walkthrough right here, was uh, I would love to say that. I would love to say that. That's That should be goals for you two watching this right now, for Mason and Ski. That's goals right here that uh, for you two need to be able to, because listen, guys, uh, for me and my wings, for me and the guys that I came up with, some of the best times. You know, it, it's it's the benefit of a, having someone really close to you that you walk the journey with. <clears throat> your own journeys, of course. Journey will always be your journey. But the benefit is not so much like having him help you. It's the shared experience. It's like, do you remember that time when... Do you remember that time when it was a fucking end of boot camp and we saw these two girls out the front of Federation State of uh, Flinders Station and then we went down to the art gallery together and then fuck that girl was on LSD and you know there was all this shit. That's a real story. And then, <laughs> so yeah, you think about these times uh, and yeah, all that shit you go through. Like it's it's such it's it's a great thing. That's all I'm saying. It's just a great thing. So I'd love to see you two get your skill sets to that point, and uh, I'd love to watch that one day. Just just sit there and watch it. Anyways, <clears throat> oh shit, we got our first super chat up in here from Mr. T. Mr. T coming in here saying, yo, I got a queue, and he donates an Australian $5. Hontani arigato gozaimashita. Extremely grateful. Oh. It always blows my fucking mind when someone donates to this channel, and T's a regular, but it always it's always so humbling for me. So thank you so much, T. Uh, T comes in saying... And for those of you who are not aware of what the uh, Super Chat does, it just gets his question bumped to the top because I know there are other questions i got to get to. But his question comes to the top now because he just goes to supporting this channel. As I said, this new microphone and preamp, that shit's not free. And anything he donates goes back to this. So uh, so he says, T with a $5 Super Chat. Been on a couple Zoom dates the last week. Do you have any tips slash perspective on them? Had nice chats, but OBS can't, can't kiss or anything and can't meet for a few more weeks in Melbourne. Okay, I, yes, we've got some tips here. Um, it's get, what the fuck is with this sun? It's getting so dark in here. Okay, we're back. So, tips for the, the video dates. Hinge and Tinder and Bumble are pushing these like crazy to do these Zoom dates and these 
these video dates. What's my first issue of this tea? You probably already know. The 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 dry the it's not even just the dry, the dry nature of them. It's it's the fact that you're calling them video dates. That's where my issue is with them. So even though even I think it's on uh, Hinge now, or is it Bumble? It could be both. But basically now, when you've had like a few chats back and forth with a girl, a little thing pops up at the bottom and it says, would you like to indicate to Jenna that you would like to go on a video date? <laughs> and you like tap it to say yes or no, which I then guess gives her a notification that, oh, Adam is interested in a video date. You see how fucking clunky it is and how inorganic it is? I, I'm a... Uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of it at all. So see, when you're saying you've been on a couple of Zoom dates, I hope you're not calling them that. And I hope that you're not saying to girls, hey, are you free for a Zoom date, video date, uh, you know, whatever other word you want to use. I hope you're not calling them those and labeling them like those because that just brings us right back to the key principle behind One Punch Man and Secrets of Free-Flowing Dates, Secret to Amazing Dates, is that we never want to do what society has prescribed for us. If you walk society's line in terms of dating, you are you are asking for awkwardness. You are asking for for a really bad time. <laughs> well, not when I say that, not nearly as good as it could be. So I have been doing a lot of, in quotes, Zoom dates, video dates. I just don't call them that because it's it's too prescribed. It's too – remember what, what's the – for those of you that haven't seen the Secret to Amazing Dates podcast, but for those of you that have, what don't I want a girl thinking? What's next? What don't I want to set a girl up with? Logicality. What don't – just those two things there. I never want a girl thinking about what's next. And I never, three things, and I never want a girl thinking about herself. So by saying to a girl, hey, you free for a Zoom date this Friday? Or hey, let's do a video date. X and X. I've already fucked up both those things. Number one, I've got to think about what's next. Predictable. She knows what's happening next. No, yeah, yeah. Friday, day of Adam at five. Even if she's somewhat excited about it, not nearly as excited as if, I, we just one day on a fucking random whim, say like 6 p.m. at night, I just get done. I'm doing some meditation or I just got done just kicking the soccer ball at the oval of the local jimmies. And I just like happen to just pop on. And remember, based on the key to using online dating apps podcast, this we should be off the app by now. We should already be on Instagram or WhatsApp by now or direct message, direct text, SMS, you know, direct number. We shouldn't be doing this through the app at this stage, if you're at this stage. And I just send her on WhatsApp a little quick voice message saying, yo, I just literally just got done just destroying these five-year-olds playing soccer at the park. What are you fucking up to? And she comes on and say, oh, well, I just got done playing Mahjong. <laughs> and so she just types that back, or maybe she voice messages that back. And then I realize, okay, I've got her on the line here, so I'll just call her. Boom, calls in, your video date's in. But it was never called a video date. She never knew it was going to happen. So ding and ding. I haven't got her thinking about what's next. 
and I haven't got her thinking about herself. Because why? I didn't set it up, wasn't predictable, and I've hit her in the moment. So she's not even having time to think about what this could be. Why is he calling? I don't fucking know. <gasps> it's exciting. It's like, oh shit, it's unpredictable. Ah, oh, I just got to enjoy the moment. Fuck yeah, right? So that's my tips and perspectives around video dates and Zoom dates, especially if you're in hard lockdown like Melbourne right now and you've got, you've got some shit going down. When you're the first state in Australia where masks have been made mandatory, I got some thoughts on that. I'm not happy with that, but I don't know. It's a big issue in the US as well. I'm dividing the country. Anyways, not going to talk about that now. But if if you yeah, so utilize Zoom dates, video dates. Yeah, just don't call them that and don't set them up. Wouldn't be setting them up. I would be hitting them on a whim. And for those of you that are like, oh. It sounds like Adam's alluding to some shit he's talked about before. Yes, there's a social Q&A about five ago that was called how to use online dating apps in COVID. It's something like that. Just go back in the playlist. All these social Q&As are in a playlist on the YouTube channel. And I go over all these things. Right? We go over things. Don't be predictable. Don't be doing, don't be doing bonjin shits. Don't be doing the bonjin shit. Do not be an ordinary man about it. Right now, in the COVID situation, there's a lot of ordinary men doing some ordinary shit. I don't want to be that guy. Hit them on a whim. Make it fun. Make it exciting, okay? T, I really thank you for that $5 super chat. Uh, oh, also, there was a second part of his chat. There was a second part of T's chat, uh, super chat where he said, obviously, we can't kiss the girl because it's super chat. Uh, because it's a uh, lot... Social, social distancing and it's via Zoom. So you're not kissing the girl via Zoom. So, yeah. T, do we want to go into this? Do we want to go into this, T? Maybe I can... He said, but obviously can't kiss or anything. So there's a problem here, T. Because you've said you've had nice chats, but obviously can't kiss or anything. So are you telling me that the Zoom dates slash video dates, which you now know should no longer be set up as those, but are you telling me the ones that you've been having have been very platonic, been very friendly? Is that what you're saying to me? And because that's the vibe I'm getting, because you're saying that because you couldn't kiss them, which means you couldn't establish a really strong masculine to feminine polarity, so they've just been very nice chats. Is that what you're saying? T comes in with some extra context saying, ahaha, you too, Ski, Adam, for extra context, just did the video calls on IG and girls I met on and girls I met on Hinge, but got it off Hinge ASAP. Very good. Very good. Okay, he nailed that part. And he goes, oh, okay, good tips. Cheers. Okay, so you've got part one there, T. Just make sure you're not setting them up. Don't be scheduling them. Hit them on a whim. Hit them on a whim. Uh, but... But there's a there's a there's a there's a further issue here too, which is that just because they're video chats doesn't mean they should be friendly. Just because you can't kiss her doesn't mean that you just accept the friendly nature of this being a video. Listen, some of the most sexual shit that would put me in jail, shit that would put her in jail, type experiences I've had have been through video chat slash video phone chat. Holy shit. 
Holy shit, we're going to tell this story? Yes, we are. Okay, so back in the day when the bowl first started, let's go back about four, four, four to five years ago. This is just when the bowl channel had just been started. Tinder was just getting at legs and Tinder was fucking on fire. Okay, and the principle still applies today. That's why I've told this story. Okay, and by the way, T just came in saying, hmm, yeah, the chats were pretty friendly. Yeah, no, 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 no. You want to, it's the opposite, T. When you're getting on video chats and phone chats with girls, you want to get as sexual as possible and in terms of the, the energy and the flame. Because of the fact that you can't kiss, because you can't touch, you've got to be dangerous. So, in a good way. So, in a safe way. So, back to, the, we're, we're back here. It's like a Saturday night. Yeah, it was a Saturday night. We had a, this is back when the bowl was first started, when we were like in our first five videos or something, and we were doing free Skype sessions. So I remember it was a guy in like bloody Iran, I think, or somewhere all the way across the world, Northern Hemisphere. And he had, and we had set up a Skype session for 10 p.m. Australian time, which I'll never do now. But this is when we first started. And, and at the time, Jordan and I were taking it in turns to do these Skype sessions. So it was Jordan's turn. So he was in my room doing this free Skype session with this guy in Iran. And, uh, and he was in the room doing the session. Now, I was, he would have my laptop doing that. Now, I was here in this room on this Mac, on this computer, uh, just at the time. No, no, I wasn't, you know, because I couldn't. I wasn't able to listen to him to his conversation. So at the time, I don't know. I think I was just on Facebook at the time. Yeah. I was just fucking around. I wasn't doing much. I was letting him have run run his session. But I had this Tinder interaction with an absolute teed, as sexiest of sexiest Asian girls. And where I transitioned her off Tinder onto Facebook. And we were getting a bit of Facebook chat. And I happened to have her on Facebook Messenger. And while Jordan's in the other room, uh, having this coaching session, I'm here on Tinder with this absolute seed uh, on Facebook with this absolute seed. And it's just nice to begin with, like for like the first, like, hey, how's it going? But then all of a sudden, it's just like, it just went from zero to a hundred. I don't, I can't remember exactly what I said. It was five years ago, but, but, oh no, yeah, voice messages. Here we go. This is such principles. I sent her a little voice message just saying, you know, what the fuck's going on tonight? And she sent me a voice message back and she had an airline hostess voice. Like very British, but just like so lovely. So lovely and lingering. Mmm, Adam. Like it was just that type of mmm. And and uh, and it was it was like that was just the nature of her voice though. And I sent her a voice message back going, listen, your voice is so sexual. Like how on earth, how on earth do you do your job? Because I remember her job was that she did, uh, she at the time was like a student teacher. I'm like, how are you a student teacher? Your students would not pay attention to you. So all of a sudden, I'm already indicating that, like, I'm not saying it in so many words. I'm not saying that you have a really sexy voice. I'm saying to her, like, how on earth do you do your fucking job? Just be, She's like, why? What, what do you mean? And I'm like, listen to your voice. Your students wouldn't even now be able to pay attention. Right, so it's getting more and more sexual through a little bit more of an indirect but very inferred nature of like I think your voice is very sexy. So it's just starting to build, 
And then from one thing to another, from Facebook message, oh, hey, do you have WhatsApp? Oh, get it on WhatsApp. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I've got her on WhatsApp. I just give her a call. I just give her a call. And we never talked before. I give her a call on WhatsApp, like on a whim, principles. I give her a call. And it's just very sexual because we set it up through Facebook message where <laughs> it's this is the bit. This is the bit where basically it transitions from indirect sexual talk to basically hardcore phone sex. Where it, and the way that it kind of said, I remember me asking her about what she was wearing at the time. I'm like, hey, give me a visual of what you're wearing. Like, what, I bet you're wearing some granny shit. She goes, no, actually, I'm not, I'm not wearing much. I'm actually not wearing anything. And I'm like, what are you talking? What do you mean you're not wearing anything? And then all of a sudden, it just went from level to level to level. And basically, we're having phone sex while Jordan's in the other room having a coaching session with a guy in Iran at 10 p.m. on Australian night. And I'm in here fucking, I'm, I'm in having phone sex with this girl on WhatsApp that I just met from Tinder. And she's, she's fingering herself. I'm batting off. It's a fucking scene. It's, it's fucking hectic. <laughs> just, anyways. And I remember just afterwards, once it was all said and done, when Jordan came out and he's like, so he's like, I was, so he's like, yeah, it was really good, man. It's like, it was really good. I felt like I really connected with this guy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sure he did. I'm like, I'm really connected with this girl as well. <laughs> oh, shit. So he's like, so you were batting off in this room while I was talking to this guy? And I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't just batting off to fucking porn. I was fucking, this girl was getting herself off at the same time. She was sending me photos like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyways, what's the, why do I bring this up to? Just because they're video chats and phone chats, it's actually, that doesn't mean that they should be friendly. It's the opposite. I get more sexually aggressive with the girls I speak to uh, on video chat slash phone chat. If that's our first meeting. Like if we haven't met in person, like I hadn't met this girl in person before because I, that's because I can't kiss her physically because I can't touch her. I can't feel her energy. So I want to know what she's wearing. I want to know, uh, I want to know some deep, dark secret shit. I want to be very flirtatious and very sexual in the way that I talk and almost attach a sexual innuendo in a calibrated way, of course, you know, as things are, as you read the vibe because you're just throwing out hooks. You just say what she uh, hooks on. If if a girl is not hooking on the fact of me going, you know, you when I say like your vo- how on earth do you do your job with a voice like that, and she doesn't get the sexual vibe of it, or she's just not in that mood or vibe, you feel it, you feel it. She'll just be like, she'll be very friendly about it. But if she plays back and she goes, mm, "What do you mean, Adam? What do you mean?" Like, it, you know, it's just oh, okay. She <laughs> the fire, the fire just you start to feel it. Well, then don't move away from that. I guess when it's phone chat and video chat, you just kind of, it sounds like to me, you're thinking that it's going to be friendly or forget. So you play it friendly from the get. For me, it's the opposite. If I get a girl on phone or video chat, it's like I I initially always want to take this as flirtatious and sexually uh, ignited as possible. And if you can do look at this weather. Look at this weather. Can't get a break. Can't get a break out here. If you're going with that mindset and that intent, uh, you can get yourselves into some situations. You get yourselves into situations 
And listen, I'm a bit of an old hand at uh, the old sex chat, the old sex on the phone, because I came from an era in which that that was like our primary. Like I came from MSN Messenger. That's what, guys, you don't realize that when I'm almost 27 years old, I grew up on MSN Messenger, right? Do you know how much phone sex and sex chat went down on MSN Messenger? Do you, do you know how many times Roy and I would message each other, say just like a casual whim, like when we're 16, 13 years old, 13 to 16, just getting off like a chat from a girl we met on tagged.com and we had just had phone sex with this girl. Like that was like the regular Friday night. That was the regular Friday and Saturday night was having phone sex with a girl. So I got a lot of practice with it, but so we're used to it, but it always started off with, and we always agreed when we would talk about our experiences that be aggressive, like be aggressive, be aggressive with your sexual chat. And I don't mean that in like a weird way. I mean that when you sense a girl wants to bite, take a bite. Don't back down on it. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, let me go back in this, up in this chat. <clears throat> sure. Ski, ski came in after that. So, T, hopefully that wraps that up. I think I think we went pretty deep on that. That was pretty good. I like that. T always comes in with such great questions. Uh, it's always with the super chat as well. It's amazing. Uh, so, Johnny Nguyen came in saying, Taskia... He's saying you saved him. Ah, no, 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 Johnny. Ta- that's Tuskete. Tus- but Tuske, unless that's just the informal way. Oh, oh. Tus- tusu Tuske. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry, guys, because my Japanese is not the best, I'm still very much used to info- uh, to very formal Japanese. But because yeah, he, the 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 conjugation is coming from tuske tuskeru tuskeru to save. If he had said tuskeru yo, if he had said tuskeru, if he had just put the ru, which is the formal way of uh, saying that, I would have totally got that. But because he said tuskeru, now if I like if I think about that like a like an anime character saying tuskeru, that would make more sense. But reading it made no sense at all. Man, you got. You gotta be a little bit more formal. <laughs> you gotta be more formal. Actually, no. Keep being informal because that's how you get your Japanese better. Advanced Japanese is informal. So taskeo. Yeah, taskeo, taskete, 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 taskeo. Thank you for that, Johnny. Thank you for that. You guys schooled me on that. I appreciate that. I fucked that up. Um saying that he saved I saved him. Okay, so Ski came in saying, yeah, cousins, yep. Yeah, I thought you guys were cousins. Yep. <laughs> Jeff Lamb comes in saying, Hey, Adam, good to have you here, Jeff. I love myself some lamb. Love myself some lamb. Uh, Connor Bowers with a little smiley face. T with a rolling laugh face. Ski comes in saying, Post lockdown, you best believe Maz and I I got to get into some crazy situations. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Fuck yeah. Hopefully you guys have your own little Facebook private secret group set up. If you don't, create it after this chat. Just for each other, not for anyone else. Just so you guys can uh, document all your experiences together. Uh, do secret vlogs. Like, just do vlogs for each other. Write journals for each other. Write uh, breakdowns of your interactions with each other. 
Uh, have that. Have that for each other. Trust me. In five years' time, you'll want to see that. Uh, Mason Spiteri comes. Mace comes in uh, saying, ha, 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 ha. In ca- this is all in capitals. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, mate. Yep. Yeah, mate. Yep. Because it's a T. Oh, in addressing T, saying we've got like four more weeks left of ISO. Stay strong, comrade. T comes in saying, ha ha, you too, Ski. I love it. You guys are talking to each other. <clears throat> Adam, for extra context. I did get that extra context. Very good. Very good. T comes in saying, Lemaire, great story. Ski comes in saying, story time with profit. Adam, <laughs> yeah, we do get a bit of story time. Man, this, uh, it was very sunny this morning. It is in here. It was very sunny this morning, but it seems like uh, we're going to get a bit of a storm coming in. So, my friends, what's funny is that I barely addressed any of the questions at the beginning of this chat. But have we been going for a so- Oh, Actually, my heart just skipped a B because I thought I just skipped a client session. Because I, for some reason in my mind, I thought I had to wrap the session up in an hour and a half, which I normally do. But today, I think we've got a little extra time. Yeah, we do. We do. So, how long have we been going for, though? Hey, we're only just tipping on two hours. So, here's what I'll do. Unless there are any more Super Chats, I'm going to go back up through the random questions. I think there was like three random questions. I'll address those. Uh, I'll address those now, and then we'll wrap it up. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Look at him. Okay. That's, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So basically, uh, I just realized I just had a moment to myself there. Uh, as I was just checking the calendar on my phone, I realized I got a message on Tinder from a 36 year old single mom who is, uh, keen for a, uh, keen for a moment. So anyways, let's, uh, let's get back here. Stay focused here. Like focused. Uh, so the first random question was from the Succubus saying, thoughts on the first person approacher on YouTube who got on subreddit cringe for Day Game and James Tusk. So I don't know if that's two separate questions. Are you asking me separately about the cringe and then separately about my thoughts on James Tusk? Or are they somehow linked? I don't fucking know. I think he tried to come in. I think he tried to come in with some more context. He said by first person approacher... I meant he's a day gamer on YouTube, but he does the same thing expecting a different result and creeps girls out. You should look him up. By first person approacher, I mean he's a day gamer on YouTube. So yes, I think it's the same thing. I think he's talking about a guy called James Tusk who's a day gamer on YouTube, who got onto some subreddit cringe thing about being cringy. And this guy's trying to tell me that he he does the same thing expecting a different result, aka insanity, and creeps girls out. So I don't know about him, so I can't comment. Just, just want to be thorough there. Anyways, next questions. Oh, we had a bunch of questions on the success rates. About Asian guys and white girls and white girls and Asian guys. So let's get it here for a sec. Nice smack had come in saying, what are your thoughts on statistics that Asian men have lower rating success on online dating? Well, I have no thoughts. Those are the statistics. I 100% agree with them. I am 100% sure Asian men 
have far lower success rate on online dating. Why? Because the narrative of what is attractive and what is pushed uh, through society is that white Caucasian male, clean cut jaw, six foot five. That's what you're going after, girls. Got the Bachelor in Paradise just started. Now I talk a lot of shit on these reality TV shows. I have never once sat through though an entire episode of The Bachelor because it's just rubbish. But I, for once, said to myself, as The Bachelor in Paradise here in Australia began the other night, I said to myself, listen, Adam, you talk a lot of shit on these shows, but you've never actually sat through an entire episode. Let's give it a bat. It's the first episode of the season. Fuck it. So what's what's going on here? These girls and guys from other seasons of The Bachelor get put on an island somewhere in the South Pacific, and it's safe with who's down to Foxtown, I guess. I think that's what's happening. So... The first episode, I didn't make it through. I'll be honest. I didn't make it through the full episode. The first, the full episode, I made it like halfway, but it was just rubbish. It's like I felt myself getting less intelligent watching it. Now, who were the people on The Bachelor in Paradise? Tall, Caucasian males for the most part. There was one brown dude. There was one brown dude. He was an Indian or Sri Lankan type guy. And uh, yeah, they didn't give him a lot of screen time, did they? <laughs> Who got the most screen time? The Caucasian males, white, tall Caucasian males. That's just what it is. Now, getting getting online dating here, I've always said, online dating, what's the primary currency being transacted and exchanged? Your looks. And if the looks that girls are looking for, based on physically and objectively, is a tall white male, well, that Asian guy is going to have a lot of problems. (laughs) It's going to be struggle town. Listen, I'm Eurasian, so I got you shaving my head. I look way more Asian, but when I have my long hair, uh, based on which photos I put up, I can I can uh, I can bypass that just because I've got a, a white mother. So I got I got some points there. But listen, shaving my head, um, I noticed it immediately when I shaved my head. The amount of matches I was getting on online dating went way down, way down with shaven head photos because I look way more Asian. Way more monkish is what it is. But if I change my profile picture back to a profile picture with me with long hair, where I look far more kind of half white, half Asian, matches go way up. It's This is what it is. It's like you can't complain about it. That's the game you signed up to. In online dating, there is no currency of social dynamics. The currency is your looks. So if you don't like it, well, then tough shit, mate. Like, that's what it is. If you want to play a different game, such as where the primary currency being exchanged is social dynamics, which therefore means that me being Asian doesn't matter, there's a game for that. There's a way of doing that. It's called Cold Approach. It's called The Journey. All right. So, moving down these questions. There's a few more random questions. Succubus then said... Thoughts on statistics of white men having better success with women and Asians having less. A lot of red pill community agree on this. So he's now just saying, asking this in general. Thoughts on statistics of white men having better success with women just in general and Asians having less. I don't think that's a... I don't... I'm not sure where you would get that statistic. Because because it's a generalization, and I agree with the generalization. I just don't know where that statistic you would get that. 
like to actually make that a solid uh, data point. I don't, I don't know how you could do that. But anyways, I, do, I definitely do agree with the generalization, which is that uh, white men definitely have an easier time with dating than Asian men, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Because based on society's statistical, uh, say that again, society's generalization of what we find attractive to a white male, if you don't fit that, it's going to be harder. Yeah. If you're, but to the point of what you're saying here, Mr. Succubus and Mr. whatever the other guy's name was that asked the question, nice smack. If you're relying on your physical looks, to be the sole determiner of your ability to attract a partner, if you're not white and tall and good-looking, you're going to have a problem. So it's like, don't play that game. How about become an excellent human being, develop a strong purpose in life, and therefore work on your social dynamics to the point where that you can be direct and authentic with a woman in which that, devoid of her attachment, walking your path, a in and amount, it doesn't matter. And so that when you do come across your situations and not only the ones that you actively go out and pursue, but also the passive ones that come about of you being excellent, you're ready, you're good, you can hold it. Of all the Asian guys, I think this is the thing. I agree with the generalization, but I don't agree in my own personal experience because of the Asian guys I know that, that in their dating lives, like in not just not talking about clients, but guys that like I'm friends with, and guys that like business, guys that I'm in business, I've been in business with, done collaborations with, just had a good time with, just been out with, that actually do really well with white girls, that actually have awesome dating lives. So I'm not a good person to ask from a personal data point because if you were to ask me about my experience of Asian guys with white girls, I've never had a problem with white girls. Why? Because I focused on excellence as a human being and improved my social dynamics. And I use that to be my sole, my key determiner of my interactions with people, because that is the that is the number one currency. And then with the Asian guys that I've been out with, most of them I'll find at the end of night with a white girl. Most Asian guys don't like to get with Asian girls for the most part. Like I like teeds. I like a teed. Don't get me wrong. I like any I like any girl that's got a flaming personality and has got some uh, has got a body where it should be, but more so to that she's got some energy behind her. But uh, but no. When I think about there's a guy I'm thinking about in particular. There's several guys I'm thinking about in particular that are just that are just Asian guys, and they are routinely with really attractive white girls, like stunning white girls. And guys always go like, "Oh, it must be rich. Oh, oh, she must be on the payroll." No, because I go out with him. He's like me, drives a Mitsubishi Lancer. Right? He's, he's not he's not rolling out in SLKs. He hasn't got the SLK three hundred. He's not driving Range Rovers, right? He's not, he's hasn't got the girl at the payroll, but what does he have? He's an absolute badass when it comes to social dynamics. That he was up in the club, meeting fucking everyone, fucking dominating these conversations, having fun with everyone, and just so happened that he hit on a girl that also wanted to have a good time. And now this idea of Asian and white, this is what guys don't realize, and this is what the statisticians don't know, and this is what the the researchers in their development don't know. And this is what the PhDs do in their, doing their dissertations on, on what attracts a masculine and a feminine being in this life. For those that don't ever become clinicians 
and actually get out there and meet hundreds and thousands of people, what they don't know is that the power of social dynamics transcends your physical appearance. And I don't blame them for not knowing because it's such a niche. How many of these uh, PhDs and how much of these researchers have ever been out with someone like me? Have ever spent a weekend with someone like me or my friends? Not that many. I wouldn't think many. That's why that that's why they're in that this is the thing. When you see like professionals go on Joe Rogan, uh psychologists, researchers in particular, and they are literally the spitting image opposite of what the research they believe in says. For example, guys that are particularly in the health industry, when he will have on professionals, I'm not going to mention any names, I don't want to put anyone on flame, but that all of their work are, is around longevity or is around uh, health and wellness or is around disease prevention, yet they themselves are extremely unhealthy. And Joe puts them on flame for this. I love it when he does this. He will ask them point blank, so what do you do in your own life in regards to disease prevention and how do you eat? What's your nutrition like? What's your training like? And he doesn't do it in like a the way that I'm saying it. He does it in a nice way, but just asking and the truth comes out, which is that a lot of these researchers, because they're the researchers, don't take care of themselves. Not all of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them, they don't live the life that they're researching about. So when we talk about social dynamics here, a lot of the research is about social dynamics, when not that they call it that, but about dating and about romance, they don't live that life. They don't know that. They haven't been out in the field. They haven't been out actually going out and meeting people. And so that they pass these wide-ranging generalizations that, yeah, men have, or Asian men have such low-level successes, success rates when it comes to dating. Yet, what men are you looking at? What guys are you looking at? This is my point. If you're looking at the typical Asian guy that sits in his bedroom all day long, coding, fucking programming, he's on League of Legends, he's he's fucking whipping his cock out on Pornhub.com. He's doing all these things. Yes, well then those guys, if you were to ask them in an epidemiological study of how many sexual partners you've had in the last five years and the number comes out as zero and then you do that across a population of 50,000, 100,000 people across different continents and the number comes out as zero, well then yeah, you can go ahead and put in an article. Asian men have... Much lower success rates in dating. But that would be the case for anyone that that spent all their time on League of Legends, either coding, programming, or even, and I'm painting like a pretty dark image there, but even guys just like that are just hardcore into studying, not going out. Regardless of whether they're whipping their cocks in and out on pornhub.com, pretty much all of them are. I mean, if, if you're getting no other sexual opportunity, there's a reason why Pornhub has a website. There's a reason why they get traffic. But it wouldn't matter that they were Asian, is what I'm saying. It could be any race. It could be any type of guy that's just doing that. But if you were to then change the population you're studying to 
let's ask and let's get Asian. Let's ask Asian guys and let's do an epidemiological study. Let's, let's go across, get all the Asian guys we can find that go out five days out of the week in the day and at night. Let's ask them how many sexual partners they've had in the last five years. And the number comes out as 10 minimum over the last five years. And for a lot of them, it's going to be this year was 10. And so over the last five years, maybe 50, 60 different sexual partners. Well, then now the statistic rate changes. And now your statistics get thrown out the window because it's like, but we thought Asian guys didn't, weren't successful in dating. Which ones were you asking? Were you asking the ones that were doing this at home? Or were you asking the ones that were fucking out there hustling? The guys that I know, the guy that I am, that could tick a checkbox saying that, yes, I fit your your uh, your geographical positioning and my lineage, ancestral lineage of having Asian in me. And it's like, I would throw their statistics out the fucking window if they were to ask me about the sexual partners over the last five, 10 years, and it would just make no sense to them. Because they're asking, you know, data points, data sets, what are, the, what are the rules you're looking at here? If you're going to be a low-level fish, just slothing it up in bonjin mode in your room for your life, you're going to have a very low success rate in your dating life, regardless of what race you're from. But if you're going to go and hustle, you're going to be that hebonjin? What does that mean, guys? I looked it up. It's the opposite of a bonjin. The opposite of a bonjin is a hebonjin, which is an extraordinary man. You want to be an extraordinary man who's going out there and hustling? Your dating life's going to look so different. There was this guy when I first came up. When I was like fucking day one. And I told you guys that there weren't many guys that did day game in Adelaide back in those days. But there were a couple. There were a couple. One of them was a hardcore Singaporean man. And his best friend, who was a hardcore Chinese guy. One was straight Singaporean. Like Singaporean as you can get. And one was hardcore Chinese. These two. These two. Even though they were really bad coaches. Like, it's a, like not that because they weren't coaches. They could never instruct me on what they were doing. They could never break down what they were doing. But they would fucking light it up. Every Friday or Saturday, I'd see them out in the mall. Routinely with... Tall Russian women, tall white women, instant dates with this blonde Aussie girl. And I'm just, I'm just like, what's going on here? Because at that stage, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And it just like showed me that, oh, the race doesn't matter. Just hanging around with these two. These two are more men than, than white guys that I know. But it's got nothing to do with their race. It's the fact that they're hustling, that they're going out every night, that they're out every single day, learning the key currency that is being exchanged of social dynamics. Their social dynamics transcends their physical appearance. Therefore, when they get in front of an attractive white woman, white and Singaporean and Asian, delete, delete that masculine to feminine polarity. Reinstall that. And we'll wrap it up there. Wrap it up on that one. Unless there's any more, any more further questions, that's a great ending. That's a great ending point. Fuck your statistics. Like I, I agree with the statistics, but fuck them. Fuck him if you're going to be the type of guy who's going to sit there and go, well, due to the, due to the Paris Morgan and due to the, the Price Waterhouse Cooper's latest statistics on dating, apparently I can't be successful. So I'm just going to just whip it out and pull and have all day. <laughs> if that's the life you're to live, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. 
Oh, shit. It's like when guys used to come out to bowl sessions and and they'll say, I'm just here to watch. I'm just here to watch. I'm like, no, you're not. Go home. Go home. You've come out here to watch a bunch of men come out and meet women you're not meeting? That's more sadistic than just sitting at home and whipping it out and just being a whip it out guy at home. To then to go out and to watch other men meeting women you could have met? Stop it. Stop. I, I sent those guys home. Okay, I'll be honest. The first time I let him stay because I just wasn't ready. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that someone would come out and say, I just want to watch. <laughs> but then the next time it happened, I made a rule at bowl sessions. I made a rule when the group Facebook group came out. I said, there's very few rules, but one of them is this. There's no watching. I'd rather you be shit scared, crying, puking, throwing up shit in your pants, but you met one person, then you just just twiddle your thumbs. You can twiddle your thumbs at home. Yeah. Okay. So, come back up in this chat here. Uh, Ski comes in saying in capitals, some real shit right here, and dropped an Australian $2.99 with a comment saying legend. <sighs> Thank you, Ski. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate not only the feedback, of course, the super chat, which goes back to this channel and supporting everything that goes on, but but uh, your engagement, your engagement. Because I know this stuff, the thing about, I want to wrap this session here. The th- You guys can probably tell, it probably is very obvious that I seem a little bit biased in my energy towards certain commenters. T, Luis, Ski, Johnny Nguyen. Uh, who are the, and those are just the guys that have been in recently, but back from the Friday club, back when we had Friday guys in the club, uh, Kevin, Kevs, the two different Kevs, you know, there's a few guys that I'm a little bit biased towards of energy. There's a reason for that. And it's because I know that these guys actually do the thing. They actually take action. So it's just like a, a, a chord gets hit a frequency gets hit with me in which that I know that these people actually have visual reference. That They've been out. They've been doing the thing. They get what I'm saying. But I can't say the same thing for guys that ask me questions about statistics on success rates of dating. Because T, T, Ski, Louise, I guarantee you would never ask me that question. For the guy, this is really key right here. For the guy, Johnny Nguyen, I'm sure he takes a shit ton of action up in New York when he's when it's not COVID. Kevs. For the this is very interesting. The guys who ask, the guys who actually go out, and the guys who who, who really are earnestly trying to change themselves and transform themselves, are coming from that place. It just so happens that their questions, and don't you find this really interesting, that their questions are of a very different nature than the guys who don't go out. Which is why I always get, because look at T's super chat question. T's super chat question was about him hitting up girls, going on video chats, dates, and how he can manage the sexual polarity. And his questions are always based on real world action. Ski, pre-COVID, Ski's questions were always about in reference to the night he had just had. You know, I remember when Ski first came into this chat. It was something, it was a night, we were talking about a night game. It was like well back. But I remember there was one of them. It was one of the questions. I remember one of the first times Ski ever dropped a comment in this chat. 
And we were talking about a guy was I remember it. It was how to handle how to handle AMOGs. And one of the guys in the chat was asking about how to some specific thing about handling an AMOG. And Ski had come in saying, Well, usually what I do is this. And try to and actually what he had said was actually not good advice <laughs> at the time. And I corrected him on it. He was humble though, he accepted that. But it was based on real world experience. And it's been nothing but. Ski never asked a question that's not tied into how he's going to apply it in the real world. And so for all of my guys on the podcast listening to this, in audio, I want you to think about this. And also live on the YouTube. What type of guy am I? Am I asking questions based on armchair theorization? Or am I asking questions based on real world experience? Because you can tell the intent and energy actually comes from two very different places. It's like when I'm in, uh, going back to jujitsu this week. When we're in jujitsu, I have very little questions to ask in the actual sessions. You know, they always say, like, do you guys have any questions? Do you guys have any questions? And for me, it's like, no, no, let me do it. It's like, I want to do it. I'll have questions once I've done it. And so that's like why, like, and it's not to beat on guys that, that have a lot of questions uh, just out of general curiosity about things. It's about the intent of the questions. You can always tell when someone's asking a question that's really just not relevant, like at jujitsu, but also in social dynamics. Say so for me, it's like, there should be no questions until I've done the thing. Let me do the thing and then I'll ask the question because then I'll have something to base it off in real world. It's, that's the mentality you want to come from. Anyways, thought I'd give you some perspective there. Johnny Nguyen comes in saying, I'm a starving wolf for action. Waiting to be unleashed. No joke. No joke. Even like, I'm still not back to 100%. Like, work. I'm not back to 100% right yet, Johnny. I'm still having to meet a lot, you know, meet up with a lot of girls off, uh, online at the moment. But, but when things get back to normal, when spring comes and summer comes, oh, yeah. Uh, Manhattan beware for sure. Connor Bowers comes in saying, yeah, bro, COVID sucks. Can't wait for it to be over. Truth. Skate comes in saying, I remember this with two uh, laugh faces. Mm. So my friends, just think about that in your own lives. Ask questions based off real world experience and the intent that you're actually going to go out and do the thing. That'll, that'll change who you are as a person, for sure. Two very different people. So I thank you all for your engagement. That's why we're going to wrap this up. If you haven't done it yet, or if you're listening to this in post, just to help support the video and support the channel, I would really appreciate it if you could just hit the thumbs up down below and also drop me a feedback in the comment section on YouTube. For my guys in Europe right now who are asleep, if you've got follow-up questions on this sesh, drop them in the YouTube uh, comments down below. I always come back and answer them. And uh, is there anything you guys else you need to know about? Nah, just boldoja.com. Free weekly email newsletter. Put your email in. Comes out every Friday. And uh, Instagram, Tang one Best place to connect with after this. And I'm wishing you guys the absolute best. Today's been a great session. This has been a great session. So many different angles from, from conquering validation at the beginning with Luis, from hardcore tactics on handling the two different girls to uh, uh, T's, T's question, online dating. We've really hit the full spectrum here. It's fucking beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So uh, with that being said, it's just a few people dropping in here in the chat at the last moment. Uh, Day game with a mask. Hercules comes in. I haven't showed up. 
lately, but back to this. Uh, we're finishing up now, Hercules, but you can watch this replay before the end of the day. Uh, RSA123MC says, love, what a username. Could you please just help me out on that? Uh, love all the positive energy you put out there. Been a fan for a while, but rarely catch you live. Looks like I just got the last second today. I'm going to try to watch this one later. Yeah, the YouTube replays will, will be up before the end of the day. And sometimes, like I said in the last session, sometimes YouTube takes 24 hours to process them properly. So if you come back in like in an hour and it's live, but it's like jerky and the sink's off, just wait 24 hours and YouTube sorts it out. They've been okay lately, but sometimes they fuck around. Uh, RSA, thank you very much for that feedback. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Please alter your username. Please give me a better user. I can't keep saying RSA123FC. <laughs> give me some. Give me some. Just call me Rizza. Just call you Rizza. All right. All right, my friends. We'll wrap it up here. But I just really thank you for your, hold on. Thank you for your engagement. Thank you for your presence as always. And as always, I'm wishing you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.